Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Harbor Site. A all-American professional BMX rider with 16 X Game medals, 39 X Game competitions, 60 Drew Tour final appearances, numerous gold medals in the X Game, jumping and bike park events, and head coach USA BMX freestyle team and down here in Wilmington he is a husband and father to three has his own gym amplify ride lift flow in Porter's Neck North Carolina and the guy is just a madman welcome welcome Ryan Nyquist what up yeah bro you're like the OG (laughs) one of them maybe one of them right Uh when did you start uh started riding bmx uh well i guess technically i started when i was three three years old yeah that's when i learned how to ride a bike but that's how great you hear that parents that's how greatness starts get them get them started young <laughs> there you go um but yeah i really started jumping and like learning tricks and things like that when i was around 11 uh okay. found like a dirt jumping spot that was you know maybe 10 miles away and uh it's funny because i got I had a bike. It was like a race bike. It was chrome. It was sweet. And then uh, a group of kids were waiting at the bike rack. And I was like, oh, man, what's this all about? You know, like they were just like around my bike. And I was like, oh, is this trouble? Like, what's going on? And uh, and they were just other kids that rode. And they saw the bike. And they're like, whose bike is this? Like, so they waited for me. And then you can be part of our club. (laughs) Kind of. And then through that interaction, it was just like they were like, well, we know of a place that has like jumps. And I was like, I want to know about this place. So linked up with them and. They took me to my first like riding spot, which is Calabasas, and uh, that was out in California. And just from that experience, like met more riders and more yeah. riders, and you know, crashed, got up, you know, tried it again, just you know, went through the whole gambit, and just realized that I really enjoyed riding bikes and jumping. It was just one of those things that like completely just clicked naturally, but um, just a huge love for it. So, were you in the very first? Were you in the very first S games? No, I didn't get in the first. Or second one. So the first one was 95. Right. Second one, 96. And then I got in 97. And that was and my first How old one. were you at 97? Um, I had just graduated high school, so I was 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's... Wild ride. Wild, man. So yeah. when I was when I was young, um, that I was... Comp- I mean, it was just the time in the 90s, right? Like, everybody was doing that. So I was completely into it. Um, and I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up with my father... Um, but he did give me a, I think it was either a birthday present or a Christmas present. I'll never forget this. It was the most badass. <laughs> I think it was a Haro. Okay. Uh, had, you know, completely ready. Like it was like out of the store, ready to do tricks, front pegs, back pegs, the everything. Just completely, dialed in. Yeah. Dialed fully in, loaded. Fully loaded. Could spin, you know, you know, had, didn't have brakes on the front because mm-hmm. so you could rotate it all the way around. And, uh, yeah, man, had that for a week and somebody stole it. Oh man, yeah, man, it's still to this Dang. day. Still to this day, breaks my heart. Yeah, I could tell it hurts. But it's <laughs> funny you say that about the kids because we literally had the same thing. It was like kids would find each other and you would create these little like bite gangs, and mm-hmm. that's what we had and down in Florida. Was, uh, you know, I started riding and I was you know doing nothing like what you guys were doing, but we were tr- we were em- em- emulating, <laughs> trying to emulate what you guys yeah. were doing. You know, riding up walls and all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. So it's funny. Haro, I ride for Haro. That's my sponsor. Do you really? I've been on Haro for, 
God, like 25 years. No it's kidding. It's been a long time sponsor. Broke my heart, bro. Yeah. Broke so my heart. That was probably right when like all, I mean, like we, I had like a signature bike, Dave Mirror had a signature bike, mm-hmm. and those things were just, they couldn't keep in stock. They were slowing like crazy. So those bikes were just like a hot item, especially around the X Games time because X Games was just like a phenomenon. You know, yeah. they had, it was just like, it just put us in front of millions of people, you know, like just on ESPN and just grew and grew and grew. So like, I'm very fortunate to be involved in that growth because I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for that. You know, like I'd right. probably still be riding, but it might be like side hustle or just like a hobby on the side. So in 90, we were talking about this earlier in 95, you know, 95, I was 13. Okay. So there was like, I couldn't watch this stuff and there was no internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, this wasn't on the internet. And we were talking, you know, a little bit before we started recording was we would get the magazines mm-hmm. and it was like stills frame mm-hmm. by frame of like how to do certain tricks or how to do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. You those know? magazines were, I mean like it, the shame is there, those all, I'd say probably the majority of those magazines are gone now. Yeah. They're all gone. Cause I mean like social or, media or they've like, gone digital. Um, know, yeah. Some of them try digital and then, and then, or morphed into like Instagram accounts right. basically. Um, right. but yeah, the, like there's not a lot of print anymore. I think there's like one magazine that kind of made it through and it's, it, I think it's because it's the novelty. It's like, yeah. Oh, the magazine. That's so sick. But nobody's going to go to that for that. Like we were going there, we were getting them for information. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Well, was I mean our, like it was, uh, it was either once a month or once every two months, the mag yeah. would come out and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, like this contest happened. This writer's getting like, you know, like you would go through it and be like, that would be your daily like feeding of like, you know, BMX or whatever, or that culture for a while for the next month or two, yeah. you know, same with videos, like videos came out and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see that video. And you'd pop the VHS in and you'd be like, <laughs> watch it. And you'd watch it over and every day before you so go. So you ride, were part like, of that generation where oh, you had yeah. like, the big, the big shoulder cam VHS. I, we never had one of those, but you know, the, there were certain dads that did. And then yeah. when they, when they were came out to the trails of the jumps, like you were like, Oh yeah, this is my chance. I'm going to get, I'm going to like, like just get like, you know, on a VHS tape and just be like, okay. Like, you know, if you really dialed in, you know, you would put together like a sponsor me edit yeah, and then, you know, make copies of it and put it. I never did that either. Um, but I had friends that did like the full sponsor me edits and everything. And like, yeah, did it it, work? Um, I don't think it did. (laughs) I can't imagine being on like the, that, edge of something right to where you're like you're in uncharted territory man mm-hmm. like you guys were just figuring things out yeah you know 100 percent. yeah a lot of it was just like you know that that old school social media where you're just like you know basically talking to people yeah <laughs> you know but you you know we drive from northern california down to southern california and go to contests and meet people down there and yeah. you know occasionally you'd meet like someone that like owned a company or a clothing company or whatever and you you'd start making those connections but really you know compared to how it is now, like, you know, like you tag people, you tag companies, you can send them like Instagram posts. I mean, it's just such a different day and age. There's so much more opportunity. Yeah. Oh, and and it's just, and it's changed our sport, like both like the progression of it and how people do business, you know? And you're how old now? 42. And you're still doing it. Still doing it. That's wild, man. It's awesome. Do you feel like just in pain 24 seven? No, I feel really good. Um, I went, so (laughs) my wife, I love her to death. Uh, but she, she basically told me like, when you turn 40, your body changes. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, like I've been doing all this wild stuff, crashes and stuff. And I've never had that. And literally on my 40th birthday, I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Like, I was like, that doesn't happen like this. Not when you turn, I just had like this crazy thing happen. And and there was a lead up to it. Like I was having like what I thought like was my lower back was just like blowing out. Like, 
I'd, I'd land hard on, on my bike and just be like, oh, and then like knock the air out of me. Or like I'd, I'd be going to put on my pads and like it was just like ping. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck, dude? But like on my 40th birthday, the morning of, I literally was like, I can't. I can't. I mean, I, I eventually did, but it was just like I couldn't move fast. And I was like, it doesn't work like that. You don't turn 40 and there's and like there's a, a clock. Switch that just, or something. Yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't work like that. But like I got in with a PT guy up in Porter's Neck and mm-hmm. and he worked with me for like months. And what I, I thought it was like my psoas and, you know, hip flexors because, you know, all BMXers from just pumping right. ramp all day long have and problems. Being, with, and kind of being in that. Yeah. And you're one foot's forward. Yeah. I mean, it just it just puts you out of line. But I thought it was that because I was self-diagnosing, you know, based on what Google was telling me. And yeah. And I went in there and the guy was like, no, no, your, your, your hip flexors are strong. This is actually your glutes. And so like just through this thing, he started like, you know, dry needling glutes, dry needling shoulders, like just oh, yeah, and went through that. it. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like the most amazing thing ever. Relief. Oh, just, and then like, it was literally two days after I went in there for the first time, my back hadn't felt that good in like 10 years. Did you do the dry needling with stem? Um, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. But like he, that's pretty wild. Yeah. So it, it's it's this place up in Porter's Neck. It's right next to our JM Amplify. But um, this guy Andy, and he just like, I mean, he's a good dude. Like it's almost like social hour, you know. And I get to yeah, go yeah. in there and, and see him. But he like he would make me sweat, dude. Like just I'd I'd leave, <laughs> you know. Like it was like a, a mark on the uh, yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the table of just like where I was when he was dry needling me or dry needle stem or whatever. But it was the most amazing thing ever because I, I literally hadn't felt that good in years. And then from that point on, you know, now that's been a couple of years now. Yeah. When you get older, you it takes a lot more work. It, it, you know, to, it, it to does. Stay. And yeah. I think about it like I'm like, OK, if I had started like stretching and paying attention to stuff when I was younger, like right. would I be better off? Probably. Probably. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to tell. Be a little bit ahead of the curve anyway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, you know, like or like, you know, created habits that would have been right. good for me, you know, when I'm 40 years old. But uh, but it's just so hard to think that way when your body feels good. It's like, well, why don't I, don't, I change? I don't need to do anything. Yeah, I feel yeah. great. I'm still <laughs> flipping. I'm still. Yeah. So. So, yeah, like now it's 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 definitely um it's a little bit more work. But it, honestly, I feel really good. Like every day I, I, I wake up and if I'm a little sore, I just stretch it out and I feel good. That's awesome, man. That's crazy. I can't imagine doing that stuff. I mean, I, I wake, I, I mean, all the things that I've done now, and it's funny, it's, you know, I don't hurt myself doing jujitsu. I don't hurt myself jumping out of a plane or surfing or doing any of the other crazy things that I, uh, you know, rock climbing or whatever. You know what I hurt myself? Like walking. stepping off of a curb. Yeah, I was gonna say walking those stairs. Picking up, picking up a cup of coffee, like <laughs> reaching for a cup of coffee or something. I'll, I pulled my back in grease. Yeah, you know, a little like a, like a, a, th- a little thimble full of coffee, and I'm gonna reach over and my back spasmed Ping. up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the floor for two days. Yeah, you know, that's how it happens. It's weird. It's not doing what you normally do. It's just like right. these little weird movements, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like. Your back's get like, up off the toilet. You're like, yeah. no, nope, I'm done. No, nope, that was I'm it. Sitting, I'm sitting here all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, where are you originally from? Uh, from California, a town called Los Gatos, um, okay. which is just outside of San Jose. So which that's where is, you were born. You were yeah, born so the Bay Area, there. basically. Okay. And then, how'd you get over to uh, this this side? Um, 1999. I was teammates with uh, Dave Mira, and okay. he was living in Greenville, North Carolina, and uh, we were traveling together and stuff. And he basically was just like, dude you should come out and hang out. And I was like, all right. So I did. And it seemed like a rad little town, like just small little college town. There's yeah. not much there. University, a hospital. Um, and then basically he was like, Hey, I'm buying a house. If you want, you, you were can. single at the time. Oh yeah. 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 Just like, and you know, like, kind of ready for a change too, like ready for 
a change from what I was uh, doing in, in California. So he hit me up. I was like, yeah, I can rent your room. And I was like, done. So packed Let's my stuff it. up and drove cross country. Got there like on my 20th birthday, I think, or 19th birthday. So at that point, it's all you're doing is... Is right. Yeah. So prior to that, I, I actually, my parents really wanted me to go to college. And so I was, I got accepted to go to college for mechanical engineering, uh, was going through the motions of that, literally going through the motions. Cause I, I decided, well, that was my next question is like, okay, growing up in the Bay area with your parents and everything you were doing, what was that like? Um, it was, for me, it was exciting, but yeah. it, it was completely unproven, you know, because X games, was only a thing for a couple of years, even though I had a, a close friend, a close riding friend that got like a gold medal in dirt jumping, Joey Garcia. Mm-hmm. And so like there was potential for something to happen, but you know, it wasn't like the endorsements were there. It wasn't like there yeah, was like a way. You were, you were riding before then. So what were you doing oh, prior was, to 95? Yeah. Just, just riding. You know, like they would drop me off at this place, Calabasas and yeah. I'd, you know, have a two liter of Mountain Dew and some Skittles <laughs> and just literally that was all I needed. Like that was it. Like that and my bike and hopefully didn't get a flat Which tire. Back then that was like the, one of the biggest sponsors of. of yeah. That, that, well, that, that might a little bit, a little bit earlier than it. So, yeah. but yeah, like it was Mount. I mean, I just, that's just what you did as a kid, right? You're like, well, I don't want to drink water when you could drink Dude, Pepsi, do, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. But so I just, that, like, that was it. Like, that was just kind of my life. And then I, I was also involved in playing soccer. I love soccer. And so for me, I played all the way through high school. But in high school is when I kind of found BMX. And so yeah. I started doing this, like, really gradual shift of, like, soccer started going down. And, and I loved riding. And I had a great community of people that I love with all the Bay Area. And I rode with them all the time and just that love of BMX slowly took over soccer. And that's right around the time when I graduated and, and X games. Were yeah. I got, got in my first X games competition and, um, I think I got third, you know, because that was, that was like the grunge fringe sports back then. Mm-hmm. It was, you were on the cutting edge of it. So how did your parents take their son doing this thing? I don't think they, they didn't understand it, but they kind of saw like, you know, they would go to the competition and see the scale of what, you know, what it was bringing kind of, you know, like yeah. the scale, like, you know, like X games is a big operation, right? Like right. you go there and they built a mountain, put artificial snow on it. Right. So it wasn't just like some dude's backyard. No, they were, people saw the future. They were, yeah. they were invested in some. Money so, so like, that. I think there was a little bit of like, okay. And then like, you know, prior to me turning 18, like I got sponsored by like Fox. So they've had to sign these deals and stuff. And they were kind of like, I don't know what's going on. They want me to sign this thing. Like, you know, so it was, there was hesitation, but like, and there was money on the table sometimes. Yeah. Like, but like other times it was just agreements that I was going to use their product. So it was really like, it was a weird beginning. And so I think for someone, you know, my dad worked for the phone company for like, I don't even know how many years, you know, and my mom was just hustling every which way doing different jobs. Um, so for them, it, it just seemed like kind of odd. You know, it was like definitely not in their wheelhouse. Um, so I, I, they were seeing things going on, but like the traditional way of doing it was definitely the surefire thing. Like go to school, get an education, get a degree, get a job, you know, go that route. And that's what they wanted. So Well, that's that's what the generation before us did. And yeah. My, yeah. my dad was the same way. He's like, yeah. go get a job, work 30 years, invest yeah, and in it, your retirement, and then retire. Yeah, exactly. 65. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like best intentions they wanted me of course. to you know have the best life ever so so that's the route that they wanted for me and my mom was like very much like the driving force she was like you're gonna do this you're gonna do this so i was like all right so i applied for uh cal poly san Luis obispo um didn't so you were ex- you obviously did well in school you're, you're yeah smart. i got i got good grades um yeah. you know i enjoyed school i loved it like the, i mean like i figured out early on that like as long as i did my work i had a lot of freedom 
So like I got my work done. I did everything I was supposed to do. Grades were on point. My, my parents just, they wanted good grades and they wanted me to be responsible. And so, so I, when I did all that, they gave me freedom. So like after that, I was able to go out. I could go to the skate park until like, you know, junior, senior year, as long as my grades were falling, I was at the skate park in, in the middle of like East San Jose, which is not a great place to be (laughs) like not at 10 o'clock at night. And then I come back, fall asleep, wake up the next morning. I just, I realized at an early age that if I did what I was supposed to do, then there was life was a little bit better. It was easier, you know, because then I could go ride, I could do this stuff. And then they started trusting me and, you know, I had a car and so I could drive there and I could, you know, it's just, I just felt like I hacked the system early, if you will, but it wasn't really even hacking. It was just like, so you want me to get good grades? I'll get good grades. So you want me to do this? I'll do that. And so then if I do that, I can do whatever I want after that. Yeah. Okay. Like sweet. So I was able to ride a bunch. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was, it was good, man. It was just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it the BMX stuff just kind of snowballed quickly for me. Yeah. You know, how so did they, how did they take the whole, like not going to college, going to do this BMX thing? That, that was a tough discussion. So yeah. my older brother went to the same, uh, university. And so I remember going over to his house and being like, I think I'm going to drop out. And he was like, Oh, so you were already in. I was in. Oh, I got it. So I, sorry, I, I, I cut that off. So I didn't get accepted when I first applied, which was like for the fall semester. But that was, was that probably like, whew, I didn't get accepted. I'm no, out. because I was, I was like, all right, like I'm, I, I don't know. Like I always felt like if I did something, I did it full on. So yeah. I was like, all right, like, and I honestly loved working with my hands. I loved math. I loved like building things. Like, so it was, when I went to like the guidance counselor, they're like, oh, you should be a mechanical engineer. I was like, sounds great. You know, it ticked all the boxes. So I was actually really interested in, in learning about mechanical engineering. Um, so when I was going there, it was like, you don't actually get to take mechanical engineering classes until like year two. So I was like going through GED, all this BS. And I was just like, this sucks, right? Like not interested. The only class that I took that I was interested in was sociology. Okay. Because it was just like this weird, like it opened my eyes to like, you know, like how you can almost trick people or how, how people are tricked right. every single day. Yeah. And just like the way you communicate. Yeah. You can have yeah. a road with lines on it and you yeah. feel safe and you take the lines out and all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, I don't know yeah. where I'm supposed to be, you know, yeah. like things like that. So that, that was super interesting to me, but everything else I was like, I don't really. So I left. So, sorry, I got accepted after I reapplied for summer. Okay. So I kind of went around and, and got in, but then because I was in for summer, or summer school uh, or summer semester, I was able to stay in. So for summer semester, which was obviously right when like X Games and all that stuff was going right. on, I walked. I only enrolled for one class, which was bowling. I took bowling because <laughs> you needed to be because I needed to be enrolled in yeah. something, and you needed the time to be able to. Yeah, so I t- the, so I enrolled in writing. bowling, yeah. got in, and then uh, basically went to the uh, to That's the teacher. A class in college, wow. it was it was there was a lot of weird classes. <laughs> Badminton, um, California for you, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I went to the to the instructor. And I was like, how much how much. Uh, class can I miss? And he was like, you can miss this many days. Like it was like basically two weeks worth of classes. Yeah. And I was like done. So I like literally didn't go to the first class. I went to X games, did the whole X games thing, came back. Um, what did you get on that X games? Is that your first one? Yeah, that was the first one. I, I got third. You got third, your first X games. Yeah. Yeah. How the heck do you even get in back then? Oh, that was a like wild now story. It's like social media and like, yeah, well that's changed. That's changed a lot too. They used to have qualifiers and everything, but back then, um, you know, I was doing well at these ramp contests, you know, like we called okay. it a street back then, but it basically like park contests. Yeah. And, um, the organizer was the same organizer for the X games. And so, uh, I, th- I can't remember how he told me, but he's like, Oh, you got a spot in the X games for a park. 
And I was like, cool. And in my head, I was like, man, I don't really want to ride park. Like, I want to ride dirt. Because I, I grew up riding dirt. That's what yeah. I loved. So I, I kind of went to him. I was like, hey, like, thank you very much. Um, Would there be any way I could, like, ride dirt, too? And he was like, oh, yeah, we'll throw you in there. No worries. Like, <laughs> so, like, it literally didn't have to show any kind of credentials. Didn't have to show any contest placings. Just like, we'll put you in. No problem. But so because be, you were in park, he was just like, yeah, sure. Why yeah, not? And, 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 I, and I came from a background of jumping. So he yeah. knew that I could jump, like, a box jump or, like, a tabletop. Yeah. But, like, you know, I... I I had never, I hadn't even entered any dirt comps back then. So it was just like, kind of like, yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. Like, you know, just kind of those moments of like, wow. So now I'm in the X Games for two events. This is sick. So yeah, so I went to, it was like in San Diego, went to that contest, got third, uh, came back. Did you get third in park or third, third in dirt? Third in dirt. Third in dirt. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, so exactly. what you wanted anyway. Yeah. I think yeah. I got like fifth in park or something like that. And then third in dirt. So came back with a medal, uh, drove home. No, I think I flew home. I think I flew home from San Diego to San Luis Obispo, got all my stuff into the dorm. And at this point, you know, two weeks had gone by. So everybody knew each other. They'd yeah, been yeah. partying. They'd been hanging out. And they see this guy walking in with this huge bike bag and a big duffel bag. And they're like, oh, what's up? And I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, you visiting? I think my roommate at the time was this guy named Kyle. He's like, you visiting Kyle? I was like, oh, I'm actually his roommate. And they're like, Oh, what are you, oh, nice to meet you. And then, yeah. you know, I started getting, I was like, where are you coming from? I was like, Oh, I was in San Diego. Oh, where were you down there? I was like, uh, went to the X games. Like, Oh, you went to him? I was like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, how was it? I was like, cool. And they're like, wait, were you in them? I was like, I was in them. And they're like, what, what events? And you know, just started like, so yeah. instantly, like I had friends instantly. Cause they were like, you're, I saw you, you like, you tossed your wallet and crashed and did this. And, and they had been watching it. So it was like, Oh my God, that's crazy. So I had like, you know, in a matter of seconds, like friends that, you know, like almost, so I fans. Made up, almost fans. Yeah. But yeah. I made up for that two weeks of not being there really yeah. quick. So, um, so yeah, I, I, rule number one, always be cool. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm like going off on tangents, but it's just like, you know, so anyways, going, going back to my parents, uh, when I decided I didn't want to go to school anymore, uh, my mom was really upset because she like just looked at it as like me throwing away an opportunity. Right. I yeah. got into a good school, you know, it was on the path and it was just like going to throw it away. And so she was like, okay, if you're going to do this, you're going to live on your own. You're going to pay rent. You got to get your own insurance. Like it was like, they you, were, know, you were off the tip. It was, it was off yeah. like, boom, done. I was like, okay. And luckily I had some paying sponsors. So I was like, all right. So I started like budgeting was just like, how much is health insurance? How much is rent? Yeah, because you have is, to have health insurance. Yeah. That, and so I, I started yeah. doing I was like, okay. And I sat down. And I was like, I could make this work. So I was like, all right. So like I paid rent at home for like a couple months. And then I found another place to live that was cheaper. Like literally like a mile away. <laughs> it was like not even a mile away, but it was like at a buddy's house. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And my dad was my dad was kind of like, hey, listen, like your mom's really upset. Um, you know, whatever you do, just do it. Do it 110%. Like, yeah. don't half-ass it. I was like, okay. so I'm going to full-ass this thing. 100% ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it was it was kind of a wild ride. But, like, you know, amazing life lesson because it was like, okay, like, if I'm going to give up this awesome opportunity, you know, at college to get a degree and have a kick-ass job that I'm sure I would have enjoyed, um, you know, I got to I gotta learn how to live on my own. So they kind of – they taught me in, like, you know, the tough love kind of way, but they taught me how to, like, budget and live and stuff. So 
it wasn't like the, you know, the arms wide open, like, yes, we'll support you through this journey. But like, you know, eventually as things got better and, and progressed and, and stuff. You and you proved then, yourself. And yeah, yeah. And like, and eventually I moved to North Carolina and was able to buy a house out there and stuff. Like, I think they kind of like realized like, hey, like this is going good. This is a career. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. just some side weird thing. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a long road to get there, but like, you know, I mean, like I said, like in a traditional, you know, you know, family, it's like, you know, throwing away a, you know, a college tuition or whatever, or like right. a, that's, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. So, so it was a big risk for me because, you know, for one, I didn't want to throw away something that was like awesome, like a, like a college mm -hmm. degree. And then two, like disappoint your parents. Like nobody wants to do that. So it was, it was a, it was a bit of a gamble, you know? And, but I can honestly say it's paid off. Like I'm, I'm happy with the choice. Uh, I've done well in the career, you know, I've done some awesome things, things that I don't think I'd ever be able to do with if it wasn't for the bike. And yeah. Yeah. So going back, you're 18, 19 years old, you move out, you got a couple of paid sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Like back then, what were you, what were you making? You got third in the X games. What were you really making? A oh, year? Not much. No, like that like, would have been 97. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was making more than like 25,000 a year. So you're just like a bike bomb. Yeah, just one, but, from but one, again, one thing like, to the next. I was renting a room for three hundred bucks a month, right? You and know, you like, do, and you were getting to do what you I love. Was, yeah, eating. I mean, I would cook the massive amounts of just spaghetti, yep. you know, and just drinking chocolate milk every <laughs> night. You know, it was like I didn't need much. <laughs> like right. I really didn't need much to survive. Yeah. You know, and then gas for my car. Youth is um, the best, man. Oh, it was awesome. Like I had <laughs> it so good. Best. I really, yeah. I really screwed up. I should have stayed there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so when did uh, when did you feel like things were getting serious? Um, whew, uh, I'll probably when I had to pay my first tax bill, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. I yeah. got that call and it was like thousands and thousands of dollars because I didn't have myself set up to make money. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, so yeah, another yeah. learning lesson was like, yeah. so I have you're to pay a portion doing, of this. You're just doing things. Yeah. So it, you're it, like, wait a minute, you'll pay <laughs> me to ride this bicycle. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was getting paid as an independent contractor. So course, there was yeah. no taxes being taken out. Yeah. You're just I was paid. responsible for yeah. that. So like all of a sudden it was just like, by the way, that whole year of income you made, we're going to take our cut. And so mm -hmm. that's when I kind of realized I was like, dang, so I got to get incorporated. I got to do all this other stuff. And like, Oh, so you didn't even have like your own little business set up. No, you were no, paying, I was just, just rolling. Just like <laughs> checks were coming in. Like, yeah, this put is that shit in the bank. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Like just like st watching the stack. And it was just like, ouch. So I need to pay, I need to write a check for how much? So then like, that's when I kind of knew I was like, okay, I need to get more serious about this. I yeah. mean, that's just the financial side, but like really once I started kind of traveling internationally, you know, like 98, 99 yeah. stuff started coming up where people were buying my tickets to go to like Japan, you know, like Europe and it, you know, it was, it just started snowballing, you know, X games really started highlighting myself, you know, a couple of the athletes and just really pushing us hard. So and that made for more opportunities for sponsorships and stuff like that. And so kind of like the late 90s, early 2000s were really like a, just a wild time. Speaking of a wild time, because I've, I've talked to a couple of your counterparts in, in, in that X Games world in that specific time. So, and we don't have to say any names. Okay. <laughs> but I've heard back in the 90s, like sponsor parties were out of control. And that they were pushing athletes to go to these parties, do a bunch of drugs, and like basically show them off. Yeah. Which 
now doesn't really happen because everybody's a professional athlete. So mm -hmm. it's like you're all. Like, I'm sure it still happens. I'm sure it still happens. You think so? I'm I'm fairly sure it still happens. So it do, it was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I so for me personally, I never really. I might have been involved, like invited to like the the pre party of that, where yeah. it was like the wild stuff didn't happen until after I left because I didn't drink until I was 23. So like I really I didn't I didn't do any drugs. It was just like I didn't do anything. Really? Yeah. Until I was like, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol until I was twenty three, and then I had a smearing off ice, and it was just like the best thing ever. <laughs> we were just watching a wrestling show last night <laughs> where they were drinking smearing off ice. Yeah. Dude, they're so that was tasty. The time, Zima. They're, that was the yeah, time. Yeah, they're right? tasty. Yeah. But but yeah, so I, I wasn't. I didn't get involved in that scene of it. Um, I truly just wanted to ride my bike. So you stayed away from all that craziness. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was going on. You know, like yeah. I knew, like you know, when when, you when people were rolling hurt around, like, or helped you. Um, I don't know. I, th I always want, I think it helped. Yeah. Because for me, my goal was always to ride my bike and ride it great. Yeah. You know, so, um, I never had like hangovers, you know, like I never like woke up in a haze. Like Cause I was, I was talking to the, some of the guys that were in that, that generation on the snowboarding side and they were like, man, they would like push cocaine on these parties and get us all those kids to do this stuff yeah. and act all crazy because <clears throat> they were showing us off. Yeah. And then he's like, but then we would be like jacked up and we have to recover and then mm -hmm. we of course we would still do great mm -hmm. he's like but now man it's like i'm drinking like my organic green tea yeah and like yeah and flip not, the switch yeah huh? like completely the opposite direction of like yeah. how can i perform the best always i mean honestly you know? it was we we were living a pretty rock star life yeah you know that's so what like, he was talking about and he yeah. was basically saying he's like but he's like but now he's like the competition is so great that you, you can't just go out there and be like doing drugs all the time yeah he's like somebody somebody's gonna come up underneath you that's super yeah. focused yeah and like just taking it serious yeah and i mean the fact of like we talked a little bit about social media but like there's eyes everywhere yeah so if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing and someone has a camera phone out or whatever like gets it like posted it's just like it's that kind of it's not the 90s that kind anymore. of stuff is just crazy yeah. you know like and and like i said i never really got involved in that side of it but 100 percent, you're right like there was there was wild stuff happening behind the scenes because I had like there's stories and all kinds of stuff that I heard about going down. It's just like, all right, man. And you were able to stay away from it. Yeah, because I, I just like I said, I just wanted to ride my bike. That's that was the whole core yeah. of me was just like, you know, I'm very competitive. Like I love competing. I've always loved competing. I love the challenge of it. You know, like every single time you walk in there, it doesn't matter what you did last time. It's a clean slate. And I love that. So like for me. Every time I went to a competition, I didn't want to waste it. Like, I wanted to kind of get a result. So, yeah. you know, going out to a party and stuff like that, like, I would go out, but I'd be, like, literally looking at my watch, be like, all right, it's 9 o'clock. I got to get the course at, like, 7. Okay, well, I should probably go to bed. Like, straight up, I was just, like, you know, like, the nerd of the party. But, but you know what, though? That is, uh, we were talking with Dr. Nadolsky. He's like, the most successful people are obsessed. Mm -hmm. They're obsessed with the thing that they do. Mm -hmm. And when you are so obsessed that like even people might talk bad about you like oh you're a loser you're not gonna go party yeah it's like no i'm gonna go to bed yeah. because this i care more about this thing yeah that i want to do go and partying. than than partying with your with your and watching you be dumb mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah which yeah. is it's fun it's fun people watching when you're <laughs> yeah. when you're the sober one for yeah. sure but yeah no i just i don't know that was always my focus i mean then when i did start drinking i was like this is a lot of fun <laughs> did you get wild or did you um was there not, a wild did ryan go through a wild spurt i i I just always liked to have fun. So I was never like an angry kind of drinker. It was always just like, I just, the, the fun got ramped up, you know? Yeah. So it was just like, and all I ever did was drank, but it was just like, 
it was just a lot of fun. So like going out with the homies, you know, like your inhibitions kind of get a little yeah. bit looser and you're just out there having a good time. I just, I just liked having fun. So I, I did have like my wild times of just going out and like, kind of like you said, like it, it hurts the next day. Like, yeah. you know, there was definitely times when like, you know, had to ride it, you know, like way less focused just because I was like, dude, I, sh- I shouldn't have stayed out. You know, it's, and half of it's like, you know, lack of sleep. Oh, I have those stories too. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it was fun. Like, uh, you know, I don't regret like kind of enjoying those moments, you know, not by any means, but, um, but yeah, just once I kind of realized like, okay, like I could, I could let loose a little bit. Cause I was wound up tight, like very tight. My wife, uh, we dated a couple times before we got married and she was, she would always tell you like, there was like, you know, this one version of Ryan that was very serious you know, that every once in a while we kind of let out this glimmer of like, you know, fun, but then yeah. we just like cut, that, it, cut it off. It yeah, down. exactly. And then like, <laughs> not allowed. Yeah. Like round, we call it round one and round two. So yeah. round one, I was, I was very committed, very dedicated, you know, and, and, and then round two was like, after I realized like, okay, I, c- I can be a little less com- like, you know, regimented. Like, yeah. Like, like less stiff. It was just like, yeah. I was able to loosen up and then I was a lot more fun and, you know, just had good times and stuff. And that was kind of the point where I, I started finding a little bit more balance, you know, like I didn't have to be so, so strict, you know, like, and I was very strict on myself because I wanted to be at that level. Were you, were you harder on yourself? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Like, you know, there was one competition early on where like, I was so mad at myself. I, I had crashed in like a dirt jumping competition that like I'm sitting on the ground. And I just like smacked the ground, like just punched as hard as I could instantly knew I broke my hand, you know, it was just like, Oh, I did it. I did it. Oh my God. And it was just like, why'd I do that? You know, but it was just like so mad at myself, you know, that I was just like, all right, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to punch the ground another, another time. And this sounds so stupid, but like I had messed up in a dirt run and I was so angry and then I was still in mid dirt run. I was so angry at myself for messing up that like, I was like committed to like punishing myself. It's going to sound super crazy, but I just went off the last set and did this, it's called a nothing. You take hands and feet off. Yeah. And then you get back on. And then I'd done like nothing to, we call it a bar spin. You throw the bars around yeah. and catch it. Yeah. I'd done that a bunch, a bunch of times, but I was like, I'm going to throw a double. If I crash, I deserve it. <laughs> and so I just went up and went, and, but I pulled it. So it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of ended up like. <laughs> did it pay off in the end of that race? Uh, did I don't, did I don't you know. recover for that? Um, I, hope I, you I don't think I, the run was as good as I wanted, but it kind of made it a little bit lighter because yeah. I was just like, all right, well, that was pretty cool. I, I just I, did something pretty bad. I never thought I was ever going to do that. <laughs> For some reason, I was like going through this weird, like, I'm going to punish myself because I messed up. But like, I was super hard on myself, very yeah. hard on myself, you know. But I think that also helped me push to a level that I, you know, wanted to achieve, you know, because yeah. I, I demanded like excellence for myself. Excellent, man. So, so now going back and now, now you're father of three. Mm-hmm. Does this give you, does that, these experiences, does this give you a different experience with how your kids are going to be or how you're going to communicate this stuff to your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Or has it even showed its face already? No, it's, it showed early on. Um, I just, you know, um, so we just talked about how like regimented I was and like, you know, strict and stuff like that. And like, I am kind of the opposite with them. You know, like I, I, I want them to find something that they're passionate about on their own. Like I don't want... You know, people, when I had when I started having kids, it was just like, oh, I bet you can't wait to get them in the skate park, huh? And I was like, actually, if they didn't want to ride bikes, I'd probably be relieved because <laughs> I spent the majority of my life in a skate park already. Like, I'd be okay <laughs> with doing something different, you right, know? Right, Um, Kind of saying it jokingly, but, like, it was just like, okay, like, I just want them to find something that they love because I don't want them to feel pressure to be, like, 
me. What if they go the opposite and go all corporate? That's fine. Like you're all like, I mean, honestly, like your parents plan. They just, they just pull the yeah, dust like, off your parents plan and go to, like to me, like, so thinking back, if I was, if I'd gone corporate world and was that committed to succeeding, mm-hmm. I mean, wh- where would I be? Like, I, I would like, I would like to think that with, you know, the enthusiasm and the passion that I had for BMX, if I transfer that into something else, like, I, I don't know, like, would I have my own company right now? Who knows? But like, so or either that are really miserable. One or the other, one or the <laughs> other. I mean, if, if it was stagnant for sure, but that's the thing is like, if they find something that they're passionate about and it's, it is corporate and they want to excel in that, like I'm all for it. I, I had a buddy that, um, I grew up riding with this guy, Cam Birdwell, that was an amazing rider. He and I was like, we would go head to head at the trails. Like, and he was actually a lot better than me. Like he had a lot of like amazing tricks that I just couldn't do. So we'd have these like little unspoken competitions at the trails and he would smoke me every time. And I was just like, dude, I got to learn these tricks so I can just like get the upper hand. Well, he ended up going through a lot of hard times and then, but he was always able to work on computers and he understood them. Well, now he's like really high up at Apple. No kidding. Really high up at Apple where he's like making like, I don't even know what he's doing. He's, I think he's like working black ops at Apple where he knows what's coming down the pipeline, but that's, he's became passionate about that. And so then he just dove in and stuff. So that's what I mean. Like if my kids were like, I'm really passionate about being an accountant, I'd have been like, yeah, tell me why I'd want to learn about it so I could support them. But I really, I'd want them to be like, I want to be an accountant. I want to be the best accountant in the world. Like, okay, well as a dad, let me, let me figure out how to help you do that. You know, like, if that's what you're passionate about, like I just, which is, that's our role, right? That's yeah. our role as fathers to do that. Yeah. And I, I just, I truly believe that like this world would be a so much better place if people like just followed their passions. Yeah. Like whether it's a career move or if they're just like on the sideline, well, we talk a lot about passion and, and, but, but we also kind of frame it into purpose because mm-hmm. I think that once you start doing, once you find your pa- passion, that becomes your purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you're purpose driven, you're much more healthier of a person than someone who's pleasure driven. We've mm-hmm. talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're just chasing like pleasure, yeah, you know, it's a, like you're like a bottomless sinkhole of yeah, suck, yeah, you know. But as soon as you figure <laughs> out that purpose, that passion, I mean, it's just now you're just fulfilled every single day. Yeah. So what are they showing? Are they showing interest in anything now? So my oldest is he'll be 13 soon. Um, he's always really been interested in like animals, science. Video games, obviously, uh, uh, most kids are. Um, uh, and so, he, is, he's it never, B, is it BMX video games? No, no, it's like it's like Minecraft, you know, like all the, the typical the, stuff. Yeah, typical stuff. Um, but like, you know, for him, it's like he's never really been a team sport. So like, and he's yeah. not the one to even ask to to do anything. He's just like kind of like loves being out in nature, and so he's been like kind of the hardest one to like really get involved in stuff. Um, like we were talking earlier, I got yeah. him signed up for BJJ. It's just like, and he seems to like that. So I'm like, all right, cool. And that's like the really be outside of like rock climbing. That's like the first really physical thing. He's been like, I really like this. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll keep him Brazilian jujitsu. All for kids you. should do jujitsu. Yeah. My, my, my point. But. Yeah. And then my middle son, he's actually really into like bikes, scooter, skateboard, soccer, um, wakeboard. Like he's kind of like the most, the more athletic of all of them. He like just wants Is to he try more it like all. You? Um, he's a ginger. So, so. Like in that sense, he's more <laughs> like me, but it's weird. Like, I mean, all our kids are like all over the place yeah. you know, and my wife or my wife and I are opposites. So really? like we always joke, like when something bad happens, like that's you, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, yeah. So, um, it's hard to say because looks wise, he looks like kind of looks like me, but also, uh, like his aunt, like, yeah. I feel like they look very similar. Um, but I think like his drive 
is very similar to mine. You know, like he's very competitive also. He's he's basically vocalized that. He's like, Dad, I'm very competitive. <laughs> he and said was, that. Yeah, How straight he? up. He's 10. 10 years old and just said, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm very competitive. I was like, yeah, oh. that's... I was like, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, you didn't know that? I was like, I didn't know that. I was like, he's like, yeah, I like competing. I was like, all right. Wow. So it's like, you know, like he, that came from him. And I'm like, all right, then, you know, there's so it's a, like, there's a, there's a fight brewing in him on the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gets frustrated. Like, you know, so, so I think probably between my wife and I, he's probably closer to me. And then our youngest, he's six. And I mean, he's, he's hilarious. He's, he's, he loves, he is athletic. Like he loves playing soccer, basketball. Um, you know, he's, he's not, he hasn't really taken to the bike stuff, but like, He's shown like a little bit of interest in it, but like he loves riding on the motorcycle with me. So if we yeah. have like go a little dirt bike, a little one ten, and just zoom around the yard, he loves that. So like it's it's been like a super eclectic mix. So like Saturdays going out and doing one thing where everybody's happy ain't happy. I don't know. I mean, like we can go to the bouncy house. Seems like that's the only thing we can do where everybody's like stoked. <laughs> but like other than that, it's like it's really hard to find stuff. Like I go to the skate park and like it's impossible. I mean, I've got three. Yeah, and I can't. I mean, one, they're two teenage girls. So that's just, that's just, that's a whole different ball game. That's right a there. whole different ball game. And then now we've got a, uh, 15 month old, yeah, 15 ginger. month old ginger as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it, we, it can't make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try. I do try. Yeah. And that's I'm all usually, you can do, really. And I'm usually let down because I can't, but <laughs> just um, trying to get them all in the same room. And that's usually, that, I mean, if I can get them in the same room, that's amazing. Carving pumpkins. We did that last weekend and that happened. Like everybody was together. There and you I go. was like, wow, yeah. we did this. Just find different fruit to carve. <laughs> I just like, sat there and watched. I was like, wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're doing gourds today. Yeah. We're carving apples. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome, man. Well, um, well, I will be actually. Uh, helping your oldest in jujitsu because he's going to the teens class soon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we did the free trial over there at Crest, and it was awesome. He loved it, which was it's a which, group, good group of kids. Man, it really is. Like, and, and I was, I was actually, I, I kind of wanted to try it myself, but like, I got a lot of injuries that I just, I feel like I was watching some of the body positions. No, I don't have an ACL. You would be, you would be one of there's, you would be fit right in. Everybody there, really it was funny. Yeah, Sickles was one of the other coaches. He was like, he's like, uh, where he was going to demonstrate something, and he asked me, he's like, "Is your back hurt?" I'm like, and all the parents <laughs> were there, and I was like, "Of course, my back is hurt." <laughs> and all the parents on the thing started laughing. I'm like, that doesn't change that we can do what yeah. we can do, but yeah, it's hurt. Oh, I, I like yeah. I got I got excited personally because I was like, that looks like fun, it's like fun, just man. wrestling and stuff, and just like grappling. I just, it just looked awesome. But I was like, the first thing in my head was like. Oh man, I got into a headlock one time messing around and it like took me out of competition because I had like a herniated disc or something. I don't know. That's so why there, you tap though. Like as soon as you start no, feeling but, something, it's like I know, but out. I didn't feel it until afterwards. That was the thing. Oh. And I got a fairly decent high pain threshold to where like if that's, it, if that's, I, that's the ginger thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 But it, but it's so anyways, long story short, I was pumped up on just watching. I was like getting excited to go in there and try it. But like my oldest was like I really like this. Yeah. You know, so like I'm, I'm excited for that because I feel like that's just like a, just like a healthy outlet for him, you know, to go out and get aggression out, but also like learn how to like handle yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And it also is like, there's, there's a confidence part to it too, is like when you start to, and I guess this with any martial arts, right? When a, when a, when a kid gets into martial arts, a good one, not like a keto or something weird. You know, McDojo life <laughs> stuff. I don't um, know any of this stuff, so yeah. So I'll just nod. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when I get something like jujitsu, right, or an MMA style, or boxing, or Muay Thai, 
they don't necessarily have to use it because they find themselves, you know, even with adults, you find yourself more confident in yeah, the situation. I can see that. So it's like something, an altercation happens. You're not really nervous or not like what you were talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like something bad's going to happen or I feel like somebody's going to attack me. Mm -hmm. You're more controlled. Like I can control this situation. Yeah. So I'm not super nervous, mm -hmm. you know, so you're just more confident. Like studying for a test. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so injuries. Yeah. Did you ever have a, like a, a really bad deliberate? I looked for it. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. No, I hide that stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't let people know. No, I had, I had, I had like the knee was a big one. Uh, what, I, what happened? I was, was that the biggest one mm, other than you punching the ground and breaking your hand. No. Um, that's like dumb boy stuff. I've I know, done that too. I was just stupid. Yeah. Um, no, like, well, it was one of the, one of the biggest ones. So like I tore my ACL at X games one year and it was just, I felt like it was, it was already injured. Cause I, I had a crash maybe a couple months before. Well, typically with those, that's what, ha it's already kind of damaged. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for it to pop. Yeah. And like I had it checked out and they're like, no, it's good. And I was like, all right. But I just felt like something was going and yeah. then literally just put my leg out and just real quick. And then all of a sudden it was just like that burning pain in the back of the knee. If you guys, nobody's ever felt that try to keep it that way. Cause it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> um, but then I was like, all right. And then I ended up riding with it torn for the rest of the season wow. and, and, it, and it worked out fine. Like it was, it was like, I, it hurt for like 10 minutes after I tore it and then I was able to walk on it and it was just wobbly and, uh, but it, I was able to wear a brace and just compete and I competed through the rest of the year and then I got surgery and then I rushed through everything. I didn't really do any kind of like proper like rehab. Uh, How old were you? 22 maybe? oh yeah yeah you know but like but it, it but again it felt good like i got range of motion on this thing yeah, i was like course. you know and i did a bunch of prehab so like i strengthened that leg up a lot yeah. so it would like shrink back to normal size so after the surgery i was like i feel good so yeah. as, as soon as i got full range of motion i was asking i was can i ride he's like man you shouldn't <laughs> but if you just ride like you're professional if you just stay like keep it chill, but ride. He's like, that could actually be pretty good rehab, but just don't put your, put a leg out or anything like that. And then, so at five weeks <laughs> I started riding, which was, you know, insane because of all the other stories I've heard of like any other torn ACL right. injury. It's like, no, you're out for like months. I was at five weeks just cruising around the skate park and stuff. And then 20, 20 is what happens when you're 22, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I put my leg out. So like no big, no big crashes or anything. Um, during that time, or just in general? Oh, just in general? No, so then, well, so then the ACL thing, I tore it again, and okay. then I never got it fixed, so I just, I still don't have an ACL. Okay. So I just wear a brace and try to keep my leg strong. I crashed at another contest and basically inadvertently put my fists into the ground and then all my weight on top of it. So this hand, like, I broke oh. these two, and it, like, actually compounded. So I was like, all right. So, you know, got surgery on that. This is a wild one, dude. Got surgery on this one. Was this all before social media and stuff? Um, no, this was kind of the beginning. No, social media was around. It was. I, I posted a, a couple things about it. We'd have to dig pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, there was a video I did with it. So I'll get to that. So I broke these two bones. They went in there, put two plates in, and they're like, all right, you're good. So I was like, sweet. So I started doing rehab for it. And then apparently I, I make scar tissue like nobody's other business. It's just like... I started just scarring up on the inside and it started holding onto my tendon yeah, and I couldn't mine, mine did that. Look at that. It like pulls. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, it's like mine. I couldn't even do that because so, it was so because t- so tight. Yeah. So I was working with a, a hand therapist or whatever, and I was like, I need to get this thing worked on again. Like I need to have them go in there, and she's like, if you just give it like time and i was like how much time like i don't have time you know it's like i gotta get back out there you know i was just like no let's just she get was it. wanting to probably scrape it and do she, all kinds yeah of she work. was good yeah. and she, and i should have gone that route because eventually fast forward the story it took seven months yeah. i had another surgery done where they had to open up the scar all the way up to my knuckle and pick out all the stuff then that healed up partially and then through that they were like okay just keep making a fist while well, i was making a fist like i was getting ready to hit someone and then the scar eventually started opening up oh man um but it wasn't open i just all of a sudden started seeing my tendon gliding and i was like what is that and then that scar tissue like had been separated and then there was just like this really thin one like sheet of skin and it was a window and you could literally see inside my knuckle and you could see the tendon gliding well eventually that opened up and then i had a hole the size of like maybe just shy of a dime above my knuckle and you could just see it gliding. And the surgeon was like, it's was fine. It like oozing or bleeding? or uh, It would ooze a little bit. But yeah. I had, so like the doctors. Plas- like plasma's leaking out. Yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, it was like, you could literally just see a tendon. Like, it was just like, this is crazy. Gross. Yeah. And so um, the doctor was like, put gauze in there. It'll just, yeah, grow, it'll just it. grow over it. Yeah. And I was like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I had to go back in and get another surgery. But now it's like, I can't even, it won't even go past here. Damn. So like I can kind of hold on to the bike like that, but like I can't make a fist. So it's like that's where it goes. And all you had to do was just have some patience. And just patience. Right and it probably took way longer to go through two other surgeries, and I probably would have had a fully functional. But you were like, hand. no, we have to do this. I now. was like, I'm riding my bike real soon. Just more surgeries, please. Like yeah, I just just impatient, man. I had a, I had a good friend a long time ago give me the advice with injuries that you got to go slow if you want to go fast. Yeah. And I was like, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, what do we used to say? Um, smooth is fast, fast is smooth. Smooth is fast, fast is smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Stay smooth. Go mm-hmm. slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Wild. Um, no concussions there it is or anything? Right there. Woo! Yeah, there it is. That's you? That's my hand. So yeah, so a couple of those you surgeries. You look like a Terminator. I know. <laughs> it's like I know. a Terminator hand. So uh a couple of those surgeries I was wide awake for because they wanted to make sure that they got all the scar tissue out. So they had me bend my uh or make a fist. And that was one of them. And so I asked the doctor to take a So what are we looking at? What is that right that there? That is my hand, the top of my hand, and that is uh they just splayed it open and that's the the hardware they have in there to kind of like make sure the bones you know, so, to reconnect so, the bones. So those, 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 they look like your bones. Uh, those are actually the plates. That are on top of your bones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's all that good, you know, like what you're talking about carving a pumpkin. That's that stuff inside the pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. The juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like the strings. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, so like right. that was, that was a long process. The long process. And then, yeah, there's a video. I don't So I, that's probably your worst one then. That by far was my worst one just because of the amount of time it took me to get back on the bike. I was yeah. out for like eight months. So, wow. Yeah. So what what is this on right here? What? Oh, uh, this was like a little uh, a little video we did, just kind of talking about the injury and doing like a bike build because it was like right at the end of it where I was starting to get back. But you know what this website is? Vital BMX. Oh, Vital BMX. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it was it was just like a big ordeal. Like it just took forever and ever to get back on the bike. But yeah. What would you tell people now? Take your time. Just no rush. Take your time. Do the PT. 
do, do it all. Do the work. Let the experts do their thing. So concussions? Um, yeah, I had concussions. Um, not frequent enough to really affect anything. You know, like I haven't had any kind of like uh, CTE kind of like symptoms, you know. So fortunate about that. But like also I just, I don't know. I just, I look at what football players do and all that stuff and the CTE thing, I'm sure. I mean, it's never been good to hit your head. You know, that's yeah, always been I've, a fact. It's, I've dealt with it myself. Yeah. In, being in the military, I went to a two-week uh, inpatient brain clinic. Yeah. You know, when I got out. I was just thinking, like, I'm looking at all the stuff that you guys do. I'm like, how the fuck do they not? Like, you know, it's, I mean. We, you're just really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, one of the things that I've learned is one of my best skills is learning how to crash. You learn how to crash, man. Like, you learn to keep your head up. You learn to get your hand out. You learn that when you're in midair, you have choices and you got to make the best choice to get out of that situation. And I'm, I'm proud to say I'm really good at crashing. You're a really good crash. I am really good at crashing. (laughs) I am really good. But honestly, like it's, I'm, I'm not even ashamed of it. Like I'm okay with taking crashes at 42 years old because I know how to do it and I know I can get back up. Like I just, I had a competition in Houston last weekend and I ate shit. Yeah. And I was okay. And I had people like 20 year olds be like, how did you get out of that? And I was like, I just kind of did this and reacted like in a split second because I knew how to yeah. how to react, you know. So I've I've also known a lot of riders that never crashed, and when so they go do down you, with the ship, they learn, go hard. How do you learn how to? I mean, obviously, there's riders that don't know how to crash, and you do. So mm. is it something that you taught yourself? Something you learn? Yeah, you learn by crashing. You learn by- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you pay attention. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, like a lot of times, honestly, like I I don't I don't personally get a, like a lot of head hits. You know, I, I, I tend to get like, you know, hips, like I land on my hips and get like kind of, we call them hippers and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's just like that kind of stuff, you know, a lot, but like, really it's just like, it's, it's knowing when to like, uh, get out of the situation or like trying not to hold on to the trick and see if you can land. It's just like, I'm, I'm very okay with crashing, like in my way of crashing as opposed to holding on and then letting kind of physics take over. And I'm just like along for the ride, you know? So so I'm okay with that, you know, and I'm at a stage in my career where I'm like, if I crash in a contest and okay, like I'd rather walk away and be able to do another one or be able to coach or right. whatever. So, you know, I have my kind of, uh, my scale of what's okay and what's not to hold on to, but you know, really it's just, you know, being aware of what's going on around you, you know? And that's another reason why I feel like, you know, my reaction times and all that stuff, I, I still can get out of things really well, you know, even though I've had like a couple of head hits and stuff like that here and there, but you know, just, I still feel good, you know, but like, yeah, crashing, man, it's, it's a, it's a You're good a prof- skill to have a professional crasher. I'm pretty damn good at it. Yeah. I'm pretty damn good. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at the professional level of cra- <laughs> of crashing. Yeah. So how does your wife feel about, I'm going to ask you guys how you met, but how does she feel about you guys, you doing what you do now? I think she'd be okay with me not doing it really? anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think to be totally honest, I think she was like really excited when the coaching thing came up, you yeah. know, coaching team USA. Um, cause I think that where she, are they at? Um, all the, well, the team is all over the place. There's okay. a couple located, one in Jacksonville, one in Wilmington, one in Holly Springs, Ohio, California, Florida. So we're, we're spread out. So you get, that's why you're traveling. You're traveling a lot with them. Yeah. For the team stuff. And then, yeah. um, and then we have like a, a, a facility in Chula Vista, like the Olympic training facility. Cholo Vista. Chula Vista. Yeah. I went to, uh, I went to, uh, free fall out there. Okay. At Ote, Ote Lakes. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in Chula Vista. It was a great place. Yeah. It's not. Nope. It's <laughs> a middle of nowhere. There's nothing else going on out no. there. Um, 
but yeah, so like we're coaching thing when that came up, I think she was like, okay, like sweet. So you're not going to compete much anymore and stuff, but I still do. I just, you know, I, I kind of choose my battles. You okay. know, if there's something I'm really like excited about, then yeah, I might, I might go in on it, you know, and just like kind of, you know, whether it's proved myself or proved to other people that like I can still do it. Cause yeah. that's the thing with BMX. It's like, it's such a deemed like a young man sport that like, even when I took the coaching gig, people were like, oh, he retired. You're like, no, 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 I was no, like, no. I didn't make any kind of announcement. <laughs> like, I still want to compete. Like, I still love it. I really, I really, truly still love it. It's just like nowadays, it's like I, you know, I have to be smart about it, you know? So, so yeah, there's some competitions like, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. Are like, you done with the old X Games things? Yeah. Well, so the X Games has changed throughout the years. And I mean, it's become like invite only. And I have no idea on what it's based on. Social media, like if I if I made like a, a get an invite to X Games campaign on my Instagram, I might be in there. You know, yeah. it's it's really like kind of like interesting how it's run. Um, so I, you know, if I go to one, cool. If not, like I, you know, I've had a good run with those. Um, but really, like lately, it's been you know, like I go to those the Olympic qualifier events, you know, okay. internationally and stuff. And then I like to ride those courses. They're amazing courses. Um, just have have fun, you know, because. Really, I'm 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 a lot lower stressed there because I'm not trying to get results. Like I'm just trying to have a good time. So my runs are a lot different now, you know. But like I said, if there's a contest that pops up where I don't have to be coaching at, I can go all in. Like I had one a couple of weeks ago and I got second with like the pros, and I was like, all right, sweet. I'm still Felt, there. Feels good. Yeah, it's good on that podium. <laughs> so uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, so you know, you're 42 and doing this. What's the youth look like that are doing this now? Very talented. Yeah. Um, but it, very, very young. Do you think young. it's like because of the times, like they just became better? It's weird. It's a different style. It's a completely different style of riding that um, that we're seeing nowadays than we did back then. You know, and, and I think the interesting thing is, you know, like I don't know if you ever follow trends, but like trends repeat themselves. Oh, of course. And yeah. so my riding, I've been around for a long time. And like my riding, I always try to take a path that was different than what most people did. And because it was different, it still kind of stands out today because it is different. And it's some of the stuff I do is like, I still feel like incredibly hard, you know? And so, um, because the modern day riding style is completely different from what I, even I'm doing, it's like, okay, well now I can do something out there and it's like, it's valid because it's unique and, you know, like, uh, we celebrate, you know, creativity. So a lot of stuff I do is still really creative. Um, but the youth is like doing incredible stuff like just amazing things. And that's like really fun to watch because they're pushing the sport in a certain direction. That's just, it's like, I don't know, just like going upside down and flinging the bike around three times or four times and, you know, or spinning like 1080s or even more. I mean, it's just like, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the sport and that's, I'm still a big fan. So it's like really exciting for me just to watch it go down. Like when I'm coaching, I'm just like, dang. Does it kind of, awesome. does it kind of get you to like push to, even become better than you are already or um, kind of like that's for them and I'm some an, old, of I'm an old guy now and <laughs> yeah some of the stuff i draw from i can draw inspiration from um other stuff i just know it's not for me like yeah. there's a trick called a tail up where you kick the back end around and you hop back on yeah i've never really enjoyed them and that's like a big trend in our sport is just like a lot of tail ups and so for me i'm like i like watching it i just know for a fact that's not for me and so I have no problem letting everybody else progress that and push that. But there are some stuff where I'm like, that's cool. Like I would love to either learn that or like yeah. put my own little twist on it. So still drawing inspiration on things, but really, you know, for me, 
you know, when I go out on a daily basis and ride, like I'm just kind of searching for that feel good feeling, you know, and I have certain tricks that I do that fortunate enough to where people still enjoy it and they make me feel you're, you're awesome. Out there, you're out there flowing on the track, man. It feels a lot more flowy than it used to. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, some of those runs I used to do back in the day were just like all out war, you know, like you were just charging it, you know, you land low, you just start pedaling and just, you keep that momentum going. It was like by any means you got that run done. And now it's like, I, I tend to look at things like I'd love to land smooth, you know, and just like keep that speed up. And maybe I'm not doing the hardest tricks out there, but like, I want to make it look good and, and flowy and just, you know, do my style tricks with it. I think it has to be experience. It has to be something that comes with experience and age. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. So how did you meet your wife? Um, met her in Greenville, North Carolina. She was going to ECU. Um, how long ago? Oh man, this was, uh, 2002, I think. Oh, so you guys have been together. Yeah. Well, yeah. remember we had two rounds, so I broke up with her. Uh, <laughs> I broke up with her. Yeah. yeah. Um, the women love hearing that story. They're like, you broke up with her. Um, so anyways, that started dating in 2002. Cause you were dumb, right? That's what totally we're, dumb. Totally dumbest idiot. dude on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, she was working at McAllister's McAllister's deli and that was like a place. Great muffaletta sandwich, by the way, man, I'm, I'm all about those spuds. Yeah. The spuds are nonstop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like went in there, we would go in there all the time. So it's, it's weird that I didn't ever see her and she swears that she remembers me from a time before. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I don't remember you. But that day we stood in her line and, uh, and it was just like weird because we started catching eyes even before I got to the counter. And, uh, I know now that she has like a nervous kind of smile laugh when she gets nervous. She like laughs. Okay. doesn't matter the situation. She just does it. And she knew who you were. Nope. You were. No, 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 oh, no idea. No okay. idea. So, so I think I was making her nervous. So she started smiling and I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, like smile back. And then, you know, that smile grew, grew, grew. And then like, she's literally still trying to help people in front of me. And then we started laughing and I'm like, all right, this is weird. Like I don't usually vibe with people like this. This is cool. So I finally get somewhere. Yeah. So I finally <laughs> get up the counter and she's like, Hey, I was like, Hey, do I know you? Like, you know, just quick conversation. I don't think so. Okay, cool. All right. I place my order. And I'm like, all right. So then my, my buddies are behind me and they're like, you should go ask her out. I was like, yeah, I think I will. So I go, after I get my food, I go back up there and McAllister's has these giant cookies. Like they're awesome. So I was like, I'm going to go get a cookie. That's my excuse to stand in line. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to order a cookie. So I stand in line she sees me. And, uh, and so I'm like getting close to the front and then she subs out with someone. So someone goes and takes her register. I was like, shit. All right. So this point I'm like, I got to wait in line, you know, yeah. so I can't wait now. Yeah. I don't want to make it awkward. Like I was stalking you or something. So I, I buy the cookie and I'm like, all right, but she's like in this little area for to go orders. And like, there's like a little bamboo shade. So I know she's back there. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So I pick it. I was like, Hey, she's like, Oh, Hey, and I was like, Hey, sorry. I, I don't know if you're dating or seeing anybody, but you know, like I'd love to take you out sometime. She goes, Oh, okay. So get her number, call her a couple nights later. You hear that? You hear that kids? The yeah. old school way. Yeah. You just, you just ask. Just ask. Straight up. Yeah. Just, it's with crazy. With your voice. With yeah. Your, with your voice. Yeah. Don't, not, yeah. Your, not your thumbs. Don't type in your phone and turn <laughs> yeah. or have her read it, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, so like it took her out to a, like a wild BMX party. Uh, we had like a fire and eventually there was aerosol cans in the fire and a bow and arrow shooting the aerosol cans and there ended up being a couch in the fire. And I was like, we should get out of here. <laughs> So I swear this is not my life all the time, <laughs> but it was, but I was like, you're not ready for this. I don't want to scare you away. You seem like a nice girl. And we dated for a while. And, uh, so then I broke up with her for like three years and then, uh, we got back together and got married and, 
at our wedding. This whoa, is a cool whoa, 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 whoa. That's what? like so. Was, <laughs> it was just what? I mean, like. <laughs> There's so much information. No, there. it was just like I broke up with her. I was, Three I was, years later, you just give her a call. Hey, you want to get back together I mean, we bumped in, We bumped into each other uh, in Greenville and uh, kind of like set up plans. But then like she ghosted me and I was like, all right, well, I'm you not going to give up. probably deserve that. I did. 100%. <laughs> she ghosted me like three times. I was like, all right. Well, still. All right. Well. Maybe after three, I'll stop. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I think it, it was, uh, I did really horrible at X Games. And she was working at like Buffalo Wild Wings in Greenville. And uh, so I was always on TV. But I think she was actually, so no, she was at her, her friend's house watching. And she saw like how disappointed I was. And then suddenly her friend was like, you call him right now. And I was like, all right. And I think there's more to that story. She tells it really, really good, but I don't. Oh, do you still, do you guys still know that friend? Yeah. 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 But that's, that's um, a good friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she ended up calling me, leaving a message, and then we kind of got back to connected. Yeah. And then we started hanging out again and then dating. So then that was round two, is when we got back together. And yeah. And then I kind of like at that point felt like I was like, okay, this girl's special. Like I couldn't get off of my mind. I was thinking about her all through the breakup and stuff. But then, but yeah. And then uh, asked her to marry me. We got married in uh, Virginia. And then uh, at the wedding, we had like those same McAllister cookies. Like as like a party favor. That's nice. So we ordered a bunch of them yeah. and told the whole story in there, yeah. and so it was good. It was good. That's awesome, man. And here we are today, three kids. Does she ride? Oh uh, no, no. I only got her to ride like a couple times, and one time. So I used to have a, like a private facility in Greenville. It was like an indoor spot, and I I took her in there, and I was like, all right, like I had her all padded up, elbow pads, knee pads, helmet, the whole deal. So I was like, okay, like, this is gonna be great. Well, I didn't know how it was gonna go, but I was like, we're just gonna try it. You know, she has to at least experience what I do. So, so uh, I took her in there. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, like, like she screws around and stuff. And, you know, I, I asked her to just like kind of like knee slide on purpose so she knew what it felt like. So if she did crash, at least yeah, she'd yeah. had that reference of like putting your elbow out or putting your knee out. Um, and then uh, there was like a, what is like a 16 foot tall ramp. So eight feet of straight up and down vert and then eight feet of transition. I'm immediately like sweating and like getting yeah. nervous thinking. So I don't even know why I asked her to do this, but it was just funny. But I was like, I was like, why don't we just hang off the top of that and then just drop and then put our knees and elbows out and slide down? And I was like, sounds fun. And she was like, no. And I was like, watch, I'll do it. And prior to this, I had never done it. <laughs> so I was like, literally, I was like, I don't even know if this is going to work, but I, I guess I should probably do this first. So I went ahead and hung there and then let go and then slid. And it was actually like a lot of fun because like when you're just, you're on your elbows and you're sliding. your pads. Yeah. yeah. And you're just sliding because it's all like really slick surface. So you're just like, Shoo. so I was like, see, so she got out there and she was kind of hanging. She goes, no, no, no. And I was like, oh my God, you're such a pussy. And that, I found out right then and there, that word was like a trigger word. And she looked at me, got out there hung, let go, did the whole thing. It was like zero hesitation. <laughs> and I was like, yo, good information right there. Some That's maybe the competitiveness from your son it, comes it, from it her. It could be. That's it like, could be. But that was like a moment. I was like, dang, okay. Like I my, my nephew, that one. My nephew, he goes, when he's a little bit younger, he goes, hey, say something really mean to me. <laughs> he wants to do, smack himself. Yeah, he, he, was like, he's like, say something really mean to me. Oh, man. So they can get worked up and do, <laughs> do whatever the thing is they need to do. At least he knows, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so your middle one is the only one that's in writing then? Yeah, right now he seems like he's got the most passion for it. So, yeah. Yeah. How's that? It's fun, man. It's cool. 
Uh, we have a nice little setup in the yard, so he can go back there and ride. And it's 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 all like legit pro size stuff. So like you know, being ten, it's it's all really big ramps. Like yeah. it's and it's kind of intimidating, but he's actually doing really well with it. And so when we go anyplace else, like I don't feel like I feel like it helps him because he's not intimidated by smaller stuff that maybe a kid just getting it would be because he's riding like the smallest ramp he rides is six foot tall. You know, he's all of like four something, you know, so it's already overhead. Um, and then the tallest one he he like drops into is like 13 foot tall. So like crazy. Yeah. And he, and he's handled good. He's like, you know, switches between bike and scooter. And this summer we went up to a camp that I work with called camp Woodward. And he like learned how to backflip there, backflip the scooter, backflip his bike. I mean, he was high. I was hyped. I was like, this is crazy, dude. So yeah, like he seems really into it and it's fun. Like, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic, you know, like, and you learn these things real fast as a parent. Like, and I'm sure you guys have been in a situation where like you tell your kids something like, like, don't do that. Mm. And they're like, okay, okay. And they do it. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. You get some outside force, outside dad, outside mom, and be like, don't do that. And they're like, oh my God, I won't ever do it again. <laughs> it's like, you need that outside. So, so for me, right. I am, I'm literally the, the coach of the USA team. Right. So good source of information you don't know shit exactly (laughs) not in those words but like you know like you're just like okay gosh and then so we went up to woodward that camp and i was trying to teach him and then literally it was just like the 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 coach of team gb like great britain is up there and so i get a video of him from him he's like oh what's up and i was like what's this and it's jameson backflipping and and he basically taught my kid how to backflip how to get around and i was like all right, man. You like flexing on me, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is super weird. But like, honestly, at that point, I was like, it's it, like you're, it's like you're hurt, but also proud at the same time. I was, and yeah. like, and you know, like, part of me was just like, dang, you should have been there doing that. But I was like, but if he wasn't in this like right mind to listen to me, I'm okay with him getting advice from another excellent coach. Like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, there could be way worse situations to be we in. We were talking like, about earlier. It's another it's a reason why, like, it's important to have like positive male role models. Yeah, not just your dad, but mm-hmm. like. A collective yeah. of positive male I mean, it, it takes models. a village, right? It takes like, a village, especially my, with my, boys, yeah. <laughs> my dad, sorry to change the subject, but my dad used to tell the story of like when he was a kid, you know, you were afraid to mess up out in public because if you anybody dude, like anyone he goes, so and so, like little Johnny's dad, like your friend's dad would come up and smack you in the back of the head and then he would sit there and wait till your dad came <laughs> and be like you were he was messing up and you'd be like, Thanks so much. And then you know, like, <laughs> Thank you for thank you for hitting my kid in the back of the head. Now I'm gonna take him home and hit him in the back of the head too. And like, but it was just like, you know, you were just scared to get caught by any because you know, like adults across the board were across the board yeah. were like, Don't do that. Like, yeah. don't act like that. Yeah. You know? And it was just like All My right. mom, this is the funniest story. My same thing. My mom was riding in the backseat of her parents' car. Mm-hmm. Station wagon. So they flipped. Oh, yeah. The backwards. Yeah. 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 That was just And sick. she flicked some guy off. <laughs> and this is had to have been. She said she was like eight or nine, maybe. I mean, she, she's what? 62 now? Yeah. So this is, this 60, is a long time ago. 60s, mm-hmm. You know, the dude followed them home mm. and they got out. My grandfather was like, what's up? He's like, your daughter flicked me off. Gave me the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so he yelled at her and then. Her parents yelled at her right there. Just got it from all angles. Got it from all angles. And now, she was I probably mean, now, sweating, like, because she, she's looking at this dude the whole time. Like, he's just like, uh, I'm coming to your house. Yeah, dude, like, he's following us. Uh, he's following but us. But now if somebody that happened, I, you know, I mean, me personally, I'd be like, but, yeah. you know, most people would be like, I can't believe you'd follow me. What are you, a crazy son? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be turning them. Like, you it'd can't follow them. me. What are you? Yeah. 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 No, that needs to go back to that. Go yeah. back to a collective 
collective parenting. Uh, it's, it's, collective ass whooping. And it's yeah. it's still there to a degree, but yeah. it's just like it. I just feel like it's you know, I don't know. People are just like scared in general, <laughs> just a little bit scared. Yeah. But but yeah, but that's just, like what you get in these communities, right? Like you know, BMX community or something, a, a soccer community mm-hmm. or a BJJ community. You start finding these like-minded individuals, and then you know you realize like, oh wow, this is yeah, we are all doing this collectively together. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I mean, like I said, like that information when it comes from like another adult, it just it just comes with power, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, same thing with marriage. Sometimes my wife, you know, I told her something a thousand times, and I just one time from someone else, be like, I said that, you can't I co- said that. You can't <laughs> coach your, you can't coach your wife. No, I'm not. I am not the coach in that situation yeah. at all. <laughs> so, so on kids, how did? You know, you coming from this like wild BMX party world for a little while and mm. then being living that lifestyle, getting married, then all of a sudden becoming a father. How did that what shifted in your brain or how did that change your life? Um, to be honest, I kind of felt that shift even before I had kids. I felt like I wanted to like start going down that road. Like um, having a family. Yeah. No. Like I and I can't explain it. I just had like this like you know, like visions and ideas of like, oh, like that's something I'd want, you know? So, so I feel like the, the shift for me kind of happened naturally, which, you know, the second I kind of felt that or identified that it was like, I could feel myself kind of going that way, you know? So, you know, with my wife, you know, I knew she wanted to have kids when we were dating. That was made very apparent. We had long talks about how many kids and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it was just like, um, I don't know. I think every generation learns from what they went through. Right. So yeah, like, of so for me, it's like, you know, I learned very quick how to like take care of myself just from being on the road and stuff, you know? And so, but I also saw a lot of things on the road that I didn't like, you know, like in BMX race, we have, we call them like track dads where they're literally like screaming at their dads or screaming at their kids, like go faster. Why didn't you win? I hate it. And I just was always like, man, like I, I can't handle that for one. Like, it's not fun for your kid, like to have you scream at them. They're probably already disappointed. And you see that in every sport, right? Soccer, football. Yeah, it's spending. there, and it, it's yeah. like if your kid cares about what they're doing, if they're passionate about it, they're already bummed out, you know. So, like, who am I to be like? Let me just rub that in a little bit further. So, so seeing that kind of stuff, like, I instantly took it to heart. I was just like, well, I'm never going to be like that, yeah. you know. So, like, that's what I said early on. Is like, I'm I'm almost like the opposite. Like for a while, I felt like I. I didn't want to be anything close to that or having people think that I was that. So I was like way back in the cut, like at a soccer game, like the second row back, you know, like, but like now it's like, I've, I've kind of figured out that balance of like, all right, like I want to cheer them on. I want to be able to like give tips and stuff in a positive way. But for a long time, I was like so anti that, that I was just like, okay, I'm going to be way back. You yeah, know, you can't be way back. Yeah. And so like now it's like, you know, like soccer games and stuff like that, like cheering them on, you know, like, like, oh, you know, drop back, drop, you know, whatever it is. But like, but that's the difference because you actually know, here's my whole point. My problem with it mm -hmm. is the guys that do that, whether it be wrestling, soccer, doesn't matter what the sport, can you do it? Do you even know what you're talking about? Yeah. Are you just the big guy, the the guy on the sidelines yelling at your kid with a beer belly? I'm sure quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) dude, don't, if you don't know what you're talking about or can't do it. Yeah then just maybe keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And like it, uh, we had uh, a soccer game where our coach didn't show up and it was like a miscommunication thing. So like myself and two other dads, like, well, let's We're just figure in. it out. And so I just, I knew certain things. I was just like, be aggressive. Like, you know, stay on the ball, you yeah. know, like just put pressure on them and they'll have to make a mistake. So that was my line. I just kept saying that one thing. Cause I was like, 
I'm not going to tell you how to do certain things. I don't know how to do. I'm going to stay in my lane. You know, like I want to make sure that if I'm offering advice, it's like good advice, you know? So I just kept saying the same thing over and over, but I was like, well, there's warrant to it, you know? And then, and when they were doing it, they were, the other team was making mistakes, but yeah, I agree. It's just like, I I don't know. Like I I learned too, like, I don't want to be like the guy that's like, try to fake my way through some kind of conversation, whatever, because I feel like at some point that's always going to come back on you. Right. And then someone, either they're going to intentionally or unintentionally call bullshit on you. And I don't want to be stuck in that situation and be like, Oh dude, I was actually full of shit. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Like, well, and not just <laughs> like, so we talk, we have, so I have one of my businesses is a coaching business and we talk about that with men. It's like, what kind of father do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the one that sets the example or the one that's just yelling at your kid, mm-hmm. like to do better when, when he looks at you, you're overweight, you're not doing better. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one out there. Like, Maybe get in shape and then get on the field with him and help him yeah. and then do it together. Kind of lead by example. Lead by example. Yeah. Because I, th- I think across the board, kids kids learn from what they see a lot more than what they hear. Yeah. You know? And I could see that if, if that person had like, you know, experience from the past, like if it was just knowledge, you know, like then, then yeah, like that's experience ways, you know, there's weight to that. But like, I agree, like, you know, like, you know, sometimes I worry that I'm not doing enough you know, for my kids and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, what am I doing that I'm not actually directly teaching them? Because they're always watching. Of course. So it's like, okay, well, I'm working hard and I'm out there just like, just grinding away on something, whether it's a project in the yard or writing or, you know, filming or whatever it is yeah. like, and they're watching that. Well then I'm doing something by example, you right. know? And to me, I'm like, okay, that's like something that they're learning on their own. And whether they acknowledge that or whether they like it or whether they soak that in, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of up to them. But like, at least I'm out there kind of showing them what I love. Yeah. To do because when stuff. they get older, they'll be like, my dad was never like that. Yeah. Or he like, was, or like be able to say like, oh, my dad worked really hard. I remember him like yeah. staying up super late or whatever, you know, like whatever that might be. But like, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. You know, leading by example, you know, if you have a certain knowledge or skill set or whatever, like, you know, giving that out there to people, you know, like, um, I used to work at this place called Jiffy Market and there was an older guy that owned it and he would just sit me down and tell me stories and stuff. And I always thought that was the coolest thing because he would tell me all these things about what he did and mistakes he made. And I was always like, man. And I remember taking it hard because I was like, I don't want to make those same mistakes. And you're telling me the mistakes you made and why. So I'm going to try to learn from this because you're giving me literally a gift here, like a yeah. gift of knowledge, a gift of pain or whatever you had to go through right. monetary, physically, whatever it was like, you're telling me this information. I was like, I, I want to soak this up and learn, you know? And he gave me some really great advice when I was just starting to get like, you know, offers for riding professionally and stuff like that. Like, cause I was in the back stressing out. I had like three different bike deal sponsorship possibilities. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. And he was like, Ryan, this seems like a huge mountain right now seems like you're never going to get over it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's so crazy. I don't want to make the wrong, wrong, the wrong choice. He's yeah. like, he's like, I get it. He's like, you're going to make this choice. You're going to get through it and you're going to look back and this is going to be the teeniest little bump in the road. He's like, but there's going to be more mountains ahead of you. Like yeah. then each one is going to be seen like you can't get over it, but you will, but you will. And then you'll look back and be like, Oh, that wasn't that big a deal. And yeah. I was like, dang. Okay. So like it just helped me put it in perspective, you know, cause from his like point of view, I was just like, you know, struggling to figure out which company I should make 500 bucks a month from. He was just like, (laughs) yeah, trust me, you got bigger mountains coming up. (laughs) Well, I think, and and we need more, you know, in this, in our society and 
and what we have going on in the world now. I think we need a lot more of that more than ever, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like that, like you said earlier, it takes a whole village, Yeah, you know, and that's the reason why we work with men to like, to get them to be the, you know, ex- set the example again. Cause I think, you know, collectively men in the U S have kind of just, you know, gone down a yeah. sadder path. Um, so what's your favorite part of being a dad? Um, Ooh, that's a tough question. Favorite part of being a dad. Um, and you're all boy family, all boys, man. So I, you know, my wife really wanted a girl and oh. it's just, uh, there's been prior, sorry, prior to me having all my kids, there was like literally only one girl, girl born in our family for like generations. So I told my wife earlier, really, I was like, it's not in the cards. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Probably not in the cards, but, uh, but yeah, um, favorite part about being a dad, I like, I love seeing them grow up, you know, love seeing them kind of like mature and kind of form their own personalities. That's probably one of my favorite things. But, um, for me too, like just learning along the way as well, because I've found parenthood is, is like so many different situations. Like, you know, like we own a business, the gym, right. And, and there's been so many times where my wife has come home and was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, dealing with personnel, this and that, you know, like explains the whole situation. I'm like, this sounds like, having like a preschool or, you know, like, so here's how you treat it. You got to go in there like that. And like our kids went to like a preschool where it was like a co-op and then you would have to go to meetings every month and they would kind of like give you tips on parenting or like different tools and stuff like that. And it was very helpful. But like now it's like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, so when you have to reprimand someone like you, uh, what was the saying? Like you basically like give them kindness first. Yes. You know, like yeah. connection before correction is so what the term it was. was. Uh, was it a uh, compliment sandwich? Yeah. So you, you do a good thing on the front end and the yeah. back end and, and then the, the middle, meat of it. The yeah. Middle is the, yeah. But the it was like, stuff. it was, yeah. yeah, they put it like connection before correction because with our oldest, you know, like he would like shut down if we got too serious with him. So you'd be yeah. like, Hey man, like, I, you know, I can see you're trying. I love it. You know, but here's the deal. And then you kind of laid out for him. So it was just like, Oh, well you're dealing with employees. It's like, you messed up. Hey, you've been doing a really great job here, you know? So it's just like the, the stuff that parenthood has taught me just through like everyday life of just negotiating deals, talking with people, yeah. you know, like working your way through your own deal when you mess up, you know, it's just like, that's been really interesting for me. And that's like kind of a selfish answer, but like, you know, I, yeah, like I, I just, I just enjoy seeing my kids like kind of grow. And, and then, and, yeah. yeah, and just and just becoming their own little human beings, like because they're all, like I don't know about yours, but like mine are so different. All of them, yeah. They're, they're in their their own individual. Yeah, people. so different. So like it's it's really truly like even with the baby, like we look at him and like he's not like me. He's not like <laughs> he's just his yeah. own thing. Yeah, I, mean, I joke. I joke. Our kids are night, day, and then the youngest is noon. <laughs> it's like so. It's just like boom. It's like right in the middle. Like they're yeah. all just like different combinations. So yeah, yeah. Um, greatest thing you've had to overcome in your whole career? Oh, man. Greatest thing I've had to overcome. Or um, life. It doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be your career. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough one, man. Um, cause there's so many different facets of it, you know, like I would say like, um, maybe like confidence, you know, the confidence in knowing who you are. So our, so our sport is called BMX freestyle, which means that you can have it any style you want. Doesn't mean that people might like it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean, but like you're allowed to do whatever you want. Like there's no rules to it. Um, so even with that being said, like early on, like I got labeled like 
jumper, a bar spin kid. I did like tons of bar spins and people just like laid on me about that, but I loved them. I seriously loved doing them, you know? And so I got made fun of, I got scored down a bunch. It bummed me out to the point where a couple of times I ended up in tears. Cause I was like, this is, I'm never going to get anywhere even though I'm doing what I love and I'm literally falling. So where were you seeing these, like these comments or these? Messages? Oh, I mean, I mean magazines for like in the magazines for a while, they did like this, uh, like, uh, pros and cons. So they, they would list like a number of pros and they would give that list out to other pros and they would say something nice, but obviously the trash talking side of it, they would just lay in in right? print. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I feel like that's only, that's like worse than social media almost. Yeah. That shit's and, in there forever. Yeah. But I mean, even social media too, like even this day, like, um, you know, you'll get comments that people would be like, you're trash, you're garbage, whatever. And I'm like, all right. So through that whole process of like, you know, getting like hit with labels or, you know, like ideas of who you are or whatever like that. Like, you know, being able to be just really confident in who I am and what I'm doing out there has allowed me to just like really flourish. And like, I, I mean that in the most positive way, but like, you know, like social media comments, like yeah. I've had people literally just be like, like say the worst stuff to me and I've gone back and this is like my favorite thing to do. You go back and you go, Hey man, Hope you're doing good. Uh, it seemed like you were kind of being like a little bit negative there. You know, um, I wish we could maybe ride and hang out one time because I feel like you might get a better idea who I am as a person. But like, hey, man, like, I hope you're doing good and just continue on and yeah. have a great day, man. You know, it sometimes even put a little heart by it, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, yeah. this is what that person needs. Yeah. You know, because you're a miserable person. to, well, to, what, to Whatever write. it was. Yeah. And like, dude, sometimes they're just drunk. Sometimes they're literally just like, oh, man, and I'm like, all right. And, dude, every single time I get a response back, it was like, dude, you're awesome. I, dude, I'm sorry. I was, I don't, you know, honestly, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, dude, it just does a 180 of like that. Of course they're a fan because they're commenting on your stuff. Well, but yeah. So, yeah. but I'm like, but it's just like, that's like my what favorite thing to do. What does Trent Shelton call them? They're confused Confused fans. supporter. Yeah. yeah. Confused supporter. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, you know, taking like, and there's been other situations like where a guy was literally talking so much trash to so many other riders too. And I went out of my way and he wasn't even going at me, but I was just like, went out of my way to basically tell him like, I saw you comment on so-and-so's post. I saw you coming on this. I'm just letting you know, like we read this stuff and you're not going about it the right way. Like you seem like a great dude. I checked out your profile. You're a talented writer. Like, you know, but you need to kind of be a little bit more positive about this stuff. And, and we went back and forth and he like, you know, the kids nowadays, they don't know how hard it was, blah, blah. And they're all entitled. It's like, eh, that's another assumption. You know, yeah. like this rider is actually a really hard worker. I work with her on the daily. You know, it was just like stuff like that. And then, dude, eventually he went back and apologized to everybody. There you go. And he got unblocked. And now he's saying nothing but positive stuff on my stuff. And I'm just like, man, like that is the kind of stuff. So anyways, being one of these for that. What so, <laughs> but so like, I, it's just like that, that kind of, that kind of being so sure in what I'm doing and being okay with reaching out and not taking it to the negative, you know, for me has been huge because I can show up in any situation completely sure of what I've done in my career and who I am as a person and where I want to take my riding or career. And then I can show people that. And then in some ways help them if they're like lost or they think this is the right path to go down just be like, Hey dude, like what's up? Like I have no problem like looking at someone like this, be like, what's up, dude? Like, tell me what's going on. And that's been the best thing ever because that's like one of the greatest things I can do to help anybody is just be like, calm down. Let's take a second. Right. What's going on? Right. 
And you know what? And not, and especially if you're going to put yourself out, if you're going to create, and she tells me this too, because I've gotten some hate over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, you know, basically, if you put yourself out there where you give people a platform to comment, or you, you mean the fact that you're doing what you're doing has given them the ability to make a comment. Yeah. Essentially, you have to get to where you don't care. Yeah. Like, you don't care. Cause, like, right. For instance, Do you think you're above it? Like, right. you think you're above somebody and, leaving you a negative and, comment? So, some, so several years ago, um, my name got drugged through the mud and it was what, whatever it is, you know. Um, what gave me, I was like, wow. And I was really just trying to take care of people and do good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, it doesn't really matter what I do. People are going to talk shit regardless. Yeah. Whether you do good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. So why should you? Why should I care? I'm just going to go do what I want to do mm-hmm. and affect change and affect people and help people and do, and go from there. Man, that was so liberating. Mm-hmm. The thought of just like moving forward and yeah. not caring. So th- I love. So I screenshot these like negative comments I get all the time all right. because they're always they're it's crazy, man. They're always paired next to a comment that's a positive comment. Yeah. So today, today <laughs> on today's video that we launched this morning. There was two comments. And if you look at the time, what does the time on both comments say? Yeah, the same time. Same exact time, right? Yeah. So one says, it's quotations, I'm a pussy and I didn't answer the question because I want to keep my YouTube channel and that's what's wrong with the country today. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I called a pussy today. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we said we didn't want to participate not, in not, overthrowing the government. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but even that can be taken out of context right. because you don't have to listen to the whole video. Right. The second video is this go, he goes, this couldn't have been said any better. Yeah. Like complete stark contrast. And yeah. I love those things. And I like posting that because especially with young people coming up in it, I'm like, listen, you're always going to have the negative and you can all, you're always going to have the positive. Yeah. Just keep doing you. Do, do me a favor one time when you feel up to it. Yeah. Like reach out to that person individually and just kill them with kindness. Oh, I do. Kill them with rationale I, and just, and just, and just be like, I'm here to just chat with you. man. Yeah. Like, so I, so I've done this in the past and, and I like uh, said, I sent that one dude that I was talking about. I sent yeah. him voice messages, literally like <laughs> my voice. Cause I was like, this is going to be so much more personal if you hear it from my voice too. Like and your I, tone and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, this yeah. is my mission now. I'm, so I'm going to flip this dude. And he's going to, and, and it worked. But yeah, sorry. I didn't mean so, to cut you so, I, so I do. I, I'm like, hey man, like that's totally your opinion. I understand. Like, I, listen, if you ever need anything, reach out. And I'd be more than happy mm-hmm. to help. You know what I mean? Good luck to you. Appreciate you watching the video. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you watching the video. <laughs> thanks for subscribing. Yeah, thanks. Um, and you know what? And people, I will notice them like, dude, and then if he comes back snarky, I've noticed other people are like, dude, he's being a nice guy. Like he's even, yeah, yeah. like he people said, have your back. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, why are you being an asshole? Yeah. You know? And then they well, go, and some people and like then, that rise. Like, and then some people that, you know, I've, I've seen comments. You're like, you're right. I was, you know, I've actually had those people like, sorry, man, I was totally drunk last night. Yeah. And I said that it happens. You know man. I mean? It happens. So my point being is what I like that, why I like to share all that stuff. And it's awesome that you actually brought that up is because you know, with younger people or even just people who's just now getting into saying being an entrepreneur or being on social media or starting a business and they're getting negative reviews mm-hmm. and they get negative comments. That's a lot mm-hmm. when you're first starting out. Yeah. There's like, already a lot of doubt in your head. Yeah, and like, yeah, right. Like, and then it gets reinforced by someone be like, product sucks. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's kind of heavy, yeah. you know? 
Um, but it is, it, it's nice to when you get past that and you're able to like deal with that and it doesn't affect your identity or how you, you know, how you sleep yeah. at night. And it's a, it's a superpower. It, it kind of is, man. Yeah. It like really learning is. how to crash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. How to crash. Yeah. It's, it's all good stuff. <laughs> so on that note, you, you're, you're a coach for the, for the USA team. Mm -hmm. How has that transition been? It's been good. Um, you know, another one where I kind of, so I, I saw the opportunity for basically like for freestyle to get in the Olympics. And I played a, I played a pretty big role in that, um, that whole thing too. Cause I just started making cold calls, you know, like basically I knew some of the people that were clap. I think that's a, that's an applause. Is that a clap? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just started calling people and like, you know, asking for resources because I was like, okay, for one, this is like a sport that I, I love. I've invested so much time and love into and i wanted Your to see it entire flourish. adult life yeah and yeah. i want to see it flourish and like I, it was i looked at it as like an amazing opportunity like very similar to when we got x games like i was like this could be a big thing for us and so i want this for myself i want this for like the next generation you know like i i just i want to see it do good and so i i went and took it by myself to like just start reaching out to people and be like hey there's you know talk that this is gonna be an olympics um if you never need help let me know. I'm here. Here's my contact information. Mm -hmm. I'm down to talk, whatever. And so like some people call right back and be like, okay, hello. so what are you, what are you hearing? What are you thinking? Blah, blah, blah. And then other people were like, okay, we'll let you know. And then eventually did reach out and stuff. But I just knew it was something I want to be involved with. I didn't know how, but I was like, I want to be involved in this. Yeah. So from the cold calls to like going to these events and like basically meeting like the people that were in charge of our national governing body, which is USA cycling, who is mm -hmm. I'm now employed by. Um, I started just like on my own was like, okay, well I want to be an athlete. That's my first choice. So I want to try to be on the Olympic team. So I knew that. So I knew that I probably couldn't coach other men athletes at the same time if I was competing, but the women athletes were like, you know, I was like, well, can I help you guys? Like, can I work with you guys? And so we went to the world championships and that was like our first kind of organized team gathering where we had like, kind of a team, but it was just like, we had like the governing body there with us to kind of observe. So I was like, all right, well, if I don't, if, if the Olympic dream doesn't pan out for me, like I would kind of like to see if this is something I'd be interested in. So I started working with the women and was just like advising them on, you know, lines, the course tricks, you know, whatever, and learning how, how they were as athletes and people. And then was seeing like definite results and improvements. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Like you actually like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be passionate about it, but like through those contests and stuff, I was like, this is awesome. Cause you're getting that like instant gratification. Yeah. And with the women too, they were so receptive to being coached, which was a dream, you know, like, because I did have all this experience and years of just competing and knowledge. And I was like, okay, well I can offer it, but you know, like you need to be able to hear it. Same. We were talking about the kids. Yeah. It was just like the women were like, please tell me more. Like, what do you think? Let me try it. Okay. Let me get to it. Okay. That felt great. But it was just like really cool working with them. So I was like, okay, I could see this being something I could do. So I was still pursuing my stuff, but then working kind of like pro bono with them and seeing if it was something I wanted to go down. And then when my Olympic journey basically ended, I had like two bad results, like really bad results. It was just like, okay, points wise I'm out. Um, I was like, all right. And then USA Cycling reached out to me and was like, well, would you be interested in coaching the men as well? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And it was kind of weird because, you know, with them on the men's side, like, you know, being a competitor with them, I was like, how is this going to go? How's this transition? Like, 
Because it literally was like from one contest, I was a rider on the deck with them and like looking at them and trying to figure out what they're going to do and how I could beat them to the next one being like, tell me your run. Let me, let me help you out. Like, yeah. what, what can I do? And that one was a much harder transition. So I, I did accept the job and started working with the men. I kind of really had to like be like gentle with them because I needed to like gain their trust and, and, uh, show them that I was valuable. And some people were like right off the bat, like, you know, I was able to prove to them that I knew what I was doing. I was going to be there to help them. There shouldn't be any mistrust or anything like that. Other ones took a while. Literally, I had one that didn't work with me or want to talk to me about anything like that up until we were at the Olympics. And then at the Olympics, I started earning his trust. And it was probably more one-on-one time, like, available. But, like, literally, it took all that time. And at the Olympics, we started really dialing in stuff. And, like, it was great. Like, you know, a kid's named Justin Dow, and, like, he's very intelligent, very smart, like, very analytical, mm-hmm. which I am too. And so, like, when we started planning out runs, he had techniques of how he figures out how much time he has left and stuff. And I was like, this is cool. Like, a very scientific approach to it. But, but yeah, so... I always wondered that if there was, like, if, if you guys... Because, you know, like, rock climbing, mm-hmm. they actually, like, journal every little yeah. thing they do. I was wondering if that, if, like, there's any sort of math and timing that you do with that sort of actually at least the olympic level yeah and so a lot of it is it's really strange but like you can plan a run and be like that's probably going to be about 60 and you just kind of know like you know from riding the course and stuff you're like i think that's going to be about it and you I, and i can't even tell you why but you just had this like kind of feeling and this then you experience. might you might do it and like you still kind of plan and be like all right well if it's if it ends up i get here and i look up and the clock's at like 45 seconds and i got another 15 to go i need to have you know like another plan so then you might add some stuff but like most times like you're within like five seconds of what you need to be which is really cool like it's 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 a cool thing but yeah we we go through it we usually sit down plan runs talk about different tricks options you know during practice i'm watching them and be like hey like you should try like you know just suggest stuff you know so so yeah it's it's been like a really cool experience a really wild experience um i definitely feel like the dad you know, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're taking That's care good, of these though. kids. And so, yeah, good. it's a yeah. role I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, but it is like, it's been really interesting because it's, uh, it's been like, like fatherhood. It's very like, uh, like not selfish, you yeah. know, like, and, and it was like leading up to the Olympics. I hardly rode my bike at all because it was just like, I was putting everything I had into these athletes to try to get them to reach their goals. And so I kind of lost, it was really weird. I got home and I was like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I don't have athletes over at the house every single day. We're not like riding and planning sessions for them. Like I kind of had to like figure out like what it was that I like to do again, because I just gave everything I had to them. Yeah. You know? So like, which has been fun because now it's like, Oh, like, you know, like that competition I went to, I got second. It was like the first time I had really competed in a while where I got to focus on me and I didn't have to worry about like planning runs with anything else. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, who this won is that, really who cool. won that competition? One of my athletes. <laughs> yeah. And then I beat a couple of the other ones that I'm like, yeah. that are coming up like slowly. So I was like, good little, uh, little piece of information to remind them with every once in a while. And in the future, they might coach, start getting chimed coach up. Still can beat that ass. Yeah, dude, it, you yeah. be careful. I'll just hop out there. I'll, I'll, I'll take your spot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. man. Yeah. Um, so what is, what's next? Um, our Olympic process will probably start up again, uh, end of 22. Okay. So we're going to probably have a bunch of events, uh, moving into that 
I guess probably November-ish is when I'm guessing it'll probably start. So we'll have like a few international events, probably some um, some events in the States as well. Um, so that, that, so moving forward and, you know, for Ryan Nyquist, that's really your focus. Uh, that's part of it. That's you know, like I'm still, I'm still a professional rider. Um, I still. Who are you win. riding for? Horror bikes, um, CTI knee braces. So they <laughs> hook it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Def gloves, van shoes, hooks up the shoes. Um, uh, was working with this company Insta360, which is like a camera yeah. company. Yeah. Um, so I've been using their stuff for a yeah, while. I've been seeing you. Po- you've been posting that on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So they get those 360 cameras are incredible. Yeah, if you want cool some cool videos, go check out his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fun. So, um, and then Bobcat, uh, the tractor company, the equipment company. So they really, me. yeah, they gave me like a compact tractor. It's awesome. <laughs> How did that get connected? Um, so another thing where it's just like being nice, you know, like, uh, there was a lady that was kind of handling the marketing for them and she had done stuff in BMX before and we always got along great. I never really actually worked with her on stuff. It was just like, we always just like laughed and joked and it was just fun. You know, like she's just a fun lady and it was just always like good chemistry. I was like, all right, sweet. And then she started doing this stuff and she asked me to like kind of hop on a couple of phone calls to talk about, they wanted to work with, um, like the women, like the Olympic women. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And they're like, well, we know you coach them. Can we talk, like talk it through? I was like, absolutely. So we started talking about the stuff and what we could do that wouldn't like kind of put them in jeopardy of getting hurt. You know, they wanted to kind of film them riding and stuff. And I gave them ideas and, and, uh, had a couple of phone calls and then it just dropped off. And I was like, all right, you know, that happens sometimes, right? Projects just fade out. A couple months later, I got another phone call and they're like, Hey, I was like, oh, what's going on? How's everything going? Like, how's the project going? They're like, oh, well, we kind of had to take a pause and we, you know, we, you know, kind of reconfigured things and we're wondering if we could just maybe just work with you. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. And they're like, but we still want to work with the women too. So could we continue talking about that project? And then they ended up uh, not just doing a single project with women, but they signed them for a one-year deal. So uh, Hannah Roberts, who's one of the athletes, she lives up in Jacksonville, and then Paris Benegas, who lives in Wilmington now, they both got hooked up with like rotting lawnmowers, zero turn lawnmowers and stuff. And so it was just like this really cool thing. And so we're basically like influencers and, uh, we got a lot of cool projects (laughs) coming down the line. Oh, it's amazing. Like a lot of cool projects coming up. They want to, they're just really interested. I mean, you know, like they're, you know, equipment of moving dirt and like just doing cool stuff with that. But like they're known for just construction. So like, well, we want to get outside of that and show, what else our equipment can do because everybody knows that we can pick up cement and do move a bunch of dirt and stuff. But they're like, you know what, what else is this equipment used for? So BMX was one of them and they got linked. That's how you guys build a lot of times build tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like skid steers or like, you know, front end loaders or, you know, anything like that. So it's just like, you know, so I was like, yeah, I can do that. So they, they gave me like a compact tractor and, have the thing parked at the house. Get in there every <laughs> once in a while, drive around awesome. in it. Yeah, it's really cool. Are I haven't the, really had a chance. Boys in there? Yeah. Uh, no, they're not allowed to ride in the tractor. Um, Bobcat is really not okay with that. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but like, I haven't had a chance to really do a ton with it just because I've been traveling. But like, we have these like little uh, like electric bikes for the kids. They're called like Stasic, and yeah. they're. Ama- I wish they had, like, I wish they had the stuff when I was a kid. It, they're incredible. It literally, it's like a drill battery. You click I, it in there, and yeah. they're just like, Wah! all torque, low end, just like, Wah! they just go nuts. I on the think same. about some of the stuff like skateboards and electric bikes and stuff. If yeah. we would have had that in the nineties, I'd probably be dead, man. Because I, I was crazy. Could have been. I still have gravel in my knee from 
yeah. both knees from back in the day. Yeah. I did. I was not a professional crash. I crashed it. I crashed <laughs> like shit. Yeah. Every single time. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the off season when I can kind of get that thing out and start digging so, some holes in the yard. So tell, tell Haro that you, you, you had an interview with a guy, poor little kid got his bike stolen. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Broke my heart. Yeah. I st- I can still see that bike. What it color was, was it? All silver. All chrome. Oh, the man. whole chrome. I, it was probably one of the ones that was like a theme bike. Mm-hmm. It was just like all done, man. I can still see it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, broke my heart. Dang. Because I, I was out there putting them together myself. Yeah. Like I would go out and get like parts from random bikes. Yeah, and, yeah. And just and I had this little bike toolkit that my mom got me, and I was like, <laughs> you know, because we would be jumping and like bending rims, and I was like fixing oh, the spokes wow. and yeah, all you were into it man. oh i was into it yeah <laughs> i was into it fixing the spokes and everything because people's tires were all wobbly and i was like all right i can fix this so i got yeah. i had a little shed in the back of my house <laughs> and i put the tire in there and like lock it down yeah and then i would be like trying to fix all the impressive yeah man. impressive there's, the a lot, ni- there's a lot of pros that don't know how to do that right now that was the 90s man yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't think I could do it now. And now I don't, I don't even have the, t- I don't even have the patience for it. I'm like, just go fix this. <laughs> just take a shot. Just take this a shot. Yeah. Fix this. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. So well, tell just, about your YouTube channel though. Cause we didn't even get to talk about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, so I had a channel a while back and I was doing some blogging and stuff and was trying to get the hang of it. And it was just like, I kind of just fell off. You know, I was at the time I was really just focused on Roddy and I was like, man, this is taking a lot of time away from the bike. And I was like, I'm over it. You it's know, a full-time like, job. It is. It's a lot of work. And so um, I got challenged by another YouTuber in a game of bike. So, you know, like in basketball, you get, you play yeah. a horse, game of bike, where you do you do a trick, they try to do it, you get letters. And he challenged me to a game of bike, and it's like called this, like a no-hander edition, suicide no-hander edition. Okay. And so you can only do suicide no-handers, but any kind of variation of it. And the kid's a younger kid and uh, brother of like a, a really talented rider, Scotty Cramner. And, uh, but they have like a pretty successful YouTube channel. It's like 1.7 million followers or subscribers. And I was like, all right. So, you know, and, and I was like, we should, you know, really try to hype this thing up. And so we've been talking a lot of trash back and forth. And then I was like, you know, like I've been thinking about doing the YouTube thing again. I was like, this would be a pretty good opportunity just to like hop in here and start making videos, you know, creating content that is just like fun you know, like playful trash talking, but just funny, you know? Yeah. So I've been really going in on that and just like, so anyways, we're going to Cary, North Carolina, November 7th, and we're having this game of bike and we're going to just go at it. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to come out ahead, although he's a really good rider too. So it's like, I gotta, I gotta put the, put the effort into it and the research, but these videos I've been making, like, I'm just, I'm really enjoying the process just Are because. You, and you were just on Mr. Beast, weren't you? I, I was. See that? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you have the Did you have the video live? Um, or your channel live when that happened? No, no, I didn't. Because oh, because they, they, they're they're such a high production. Like oh, they're man. another level of yeah. of filming. Like it's pretty much Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's like awe inspiring. Um, but yeah, there's no filming. Like there's nothing. Like everything's super hush hush there. It's like no, no. I mean, up. but like the, the, to have your channel up when that video. Launched. Oh, so no, I didn't. See, so I mean, it, it was around, but it wasn't like it wasn't active. And so like when I was over there, I took my first shot at filming my first video, which is like it's up on the channel, and it's basically just like um, it was just me riding in the, the skate park at Greenville, which is called uh, JC Park. Yeah. And I just filmed myself and was just like, I'm just gonna see what I can do with this. And I just made like a little two minute long video. It took forever to edit. You know, I was just like trying to make it entertaining and. 
And I was like, okay, I, I think I could do this. I find enjoyment in it, but I just need to like figure out like the work rhythm. Like, you know, like what's the workload? How can I do this? When would I have time to edit and all that stuff? So yeah. getting into that and then getting set up with like, you know, like using Premiere and, you know, like I, I do a lot of stuff on apps on my phone too. So figuring out how to transfer all this stuff over back yeah. and forth, it's just, it's more logistics. That's our, that's our whole world, man. Yeah. Give yeah. one of your teenagers or one of your boys to do it for you and they'll be better than you. Is that your channel? <laughs> that's, that's the channel. Yeah. yeah so we need, to, we need to blow this thing up. Man. Yeah. So that, that one with like the kind of pinkish, uh, sunrise. That's the very first video I did recently. And it was just like, basically just me out there riding. And I filmed all this myself. So I didn't have anybody else there, which... Oh, this is great. Yeah. So, but I, I should have had somebody there because it's 6.30 a.m. crashing like that. Sucks so bad. <laughs> this is all yeah. terrifying. Yeah. So, so I was like, all right, this is my first crack. Let me see if I can make it entertaining. And just, you know... Uh, learning from what I'd seen on YouTube and stuff was just like, all right, like I feel like most people are going to really kind of gravitate towards like, you know, like the quick editing and stuff like that and titles. But, um, but yeah, so it's been fun. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm learning the work rhythm of it all and how to make, you know, time to shoot and then how to make time to edit and then how to edit and when to release. And, you know, this collaboration with Scotty Kramer's channel has been really, really good. Been seeing a lot of, a lot of new subscribers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. You have a, it's funny, man. It, <laughs> looking at it, you have a very 90s style of, of video. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Okay. That's good. I don't see, I don't even know enough to know that there is styles <laughs> but, cause you don't know. Yeah. No, like, this is just me. So yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's been a lot of fun and I do find like, um, since I've been doing this, which isn't that long, it's probably been just like maybe a couple weeks. Um, it's like kind of sparked this creative, the creative juices are flowing, man. And I have all these ideas of stuff that I want to, I want to do. And then the, the, I mean, I, I kind of knew it, but I didn't until I really got into it. it was like all this footage that I'm gathering, you can use it on all the other platforms. Yeah. So I'm yeah. getting content for Instagram. Yeah, I'm course. getting content for Facebook. And it's like all this stuff. It's like, you know, if I, if my focus is YouTube, and then I have all this other stuff to be able to just feed into Dude, Instagram. It, it and stuff. goes, it goes into all the other social media, and then you can cut if you got this much, and you can get on, you can cut it to like, oh a yeah, TikTok thing, a reel, or see, I, a blog, the you TikTok thing, website. man. I, oh, it's that's a tough one for me because it's just like that is a whole it's the different same thing. Tool. No, it, well, it's, it's not. the same thing, but the tools in order to don't, like don't even worry about it. Oh just man, post. see, that's uh, yeah, just I know. Post, I know. Same thing. He does IG IG reels first, Re yeah, it's easier to use, and then he just loads them to TikTok. Oh, okay. And I don't share, I don't share TikTok, but it's been growing. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun to get back on to, to do something. I get real, I get real bored with like <laughs> business and growing things. And mm -hmm. then once something becomes kind of successful, I'm like, eh, it's not as fun. You know yeah. what I mean? But the watch to, to go from zero yeah. to over a thousand yeah. to no views to like 5,000 views, yeah. you know, or likes or whatever. It's like, you know. So yeah, I would just just put it in there and yeah. You literally could take that right there and then cut it together, like make it vertical and yeah. put it on there. Yeah. It's 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 been it's been really like like I said, it's been like 2 weeks of really diving into this, but it's been fun, man. Like a yeah. lot of fun. And it's just like like I said, the ideas that are, are you things keep that at are, it before you know it, you'll have another company and you'll be hiring <laughs> an editor. <laughs> Maybe that'd be nice if I didn't have to edit and they could just make the videos look cool. That'd be awesome. That's what happens, man. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's that's how you grow it. That's and then, the goal. And then your and then your like your scalability of creating content goes even up even more because mm -hmm. 
now you're just filming and somebody yeah. else is handling it. That's and, the goal. And you're just like, that's a dream right there. Crank, cranking it out. Who's yeah. to say? So w- are you ever going to stop riding? Uh, at some point I probably should. <laughs> I probably will or have to. I don't know. Um, that's, that's the tough thing, man. So it's like now it's, it's got, it's all these different facets, right? It's like, you know, doing it with my son, which is awesome and yeah. seeing him progress and seeing him have a passion for it. Um, you know, doing it for like the feeling, you know, like the therapy of it, you know, yeah. because, you know, no matter what, if I go out there and I have like a bad day, if I spend 45 minutes and I'm going hard and I'm just doing all the things, cause I know there's certain things that I just love. No, I, I love the it. feeling of it. It's the same thing. It's like jujitsu. Yeah. It's, it's like, like you just get done. You're like, Oof, yeah. Now. And so I can go out there and blast a huge 540 on a quarter pipe and that feeling will never get old. It will never get old to me. So it's like certain things. I just know that if I go out there and do it, it's going to make me a better human being. So do you think that you think it's probably going to be like as you get older and I mean older, older, like pushing into like 60s. -hmm. Do you think that you won't ever it'll just kind of ramp down? I think as other things ramp up. So let's say if the coaching gigs gets way more intensive or whatever, or like, you know, if the YouTube thing kicks off or whatever, like I could see. See, my thing is like with anything I'm doing, I don't want ever to like cold turkey cut. Yeah. Because I feel like that's when problems happen. Right. Like. And you see it with a lot of athletes too. Like, you know, you cut something out of your life, it leaves a void and yeah. you have to have that time. And to kind they of start self-sabotaging. And yeah. Weird, you know, like whatever that is. Yeah. And it's just like, I, and I've seen it happen and I don't want that to happen. So even with the coaching thing, like that gradual, like yeah. doing it with the women first and te- seeing if it was something I'm passionate about. And then like slowly moving into like the coaching realm while still being an athlete. And so now it's like, you know, I'm still an athlete. I'm throwing this in the mix, the, the YouTube stuff. But the coaching thing is like, I'm very passionate about it. So like, that gradual rise of coaching and then the gradual decline of riding. Like that's how I want all my stuff to go. You know, if I can natural, if if I can make it that way, you know, if I can design my career to go that way, then yeah. Like, so if, if this is, you know, YouTube is something that I, you know, I want to see growing into something huge and if it gets there, then yeah, I want that to be a slow growth and, and learn my way about it and, and not have something where it's just like, I think this is going to be it. I'm going to cut all everything out, (laughs) put all this. It's just like, man, like that to me, Cause I know I would miss certain aspects of coaching. Like I'd, I'd see things and want to be out there and they would create a void. And so, you know, I, I have a lot of hats on and I kind of like it that way. Um, but eventually like, yeah, I want to, I want to kind of slow down and, and do like maybe minimal things, but have like, you know, like that solid base of what I want to be and bigger impacts. Yeah. Something, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, but I, I feel like right now, like I'm in a period of my life where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that is, you know, like, the YouTube stuff is super fun because I can just act the fool and let my personality go. And, and I'm, I'm having a great time with it. The coaching thing is super rewarding because I'm literally giving knowledge of years and years and years of competing and putting myself in pressure, pressure situations to these athletes and trying to give them the knowledge that I got from my employer at Jiffy market, you know, of all those things I had to go through and trying to share them with them and, you know, and just, you know, with my kids and seeing them grow up and follow their passions. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's been, no, there's a lot going on, but it's really, really exciting. So what would you say to, uh, I guess, any any young man, young woman that's, you know, pushing for greatness or pushing to get into, a, you know, this kind of sport? Uh, the first thing is I would tell you to wear your gear, wear your safety <laughs> gear. Honestly, man. I like, did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Like, so a lot of people don't wear pads and they get hurt. 
And what do they want to do? Oh, we didn't they wear just we didn't wear pads. I no, wear, I know, I, I know. Wear a helmet. But when I was if you doing saw all this stuff, if, if you saw some of these videos, if I showed you a video, it was like, guess what? That person has absolutely no pads on besides their helmet. You'd be like, are you kidding me? Like flying through the air, it's crazy, right? So, yeah. so if you get hurt, the only thing you want to do is get back on the bike. That's the only thing you want to do. So why not wear the stuff that allows you to stay on the bike? That's my thing, right? This and is coach, this is coach Nyquist. Yeah, this is and not this is not seventeen year old Nyquist. No, no. Although I wore all my pads throughout <laughs> my really? oh throughout my whole career, I've been padded up head to toe. You know, I just it just always made sense to me. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, so wear your pads. Kids. Wear your pads every every time you get on the bike. It's just do it because it just it allows you to stay on your bike and have more fun. Um, and then I think outside of that, well, and, and, be, and to be hundred percent real, it could save your life. Oh yeah. 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 And we've, we've, we've seen that happen with people, which is, you know, we've seen both sides of it. You know, they're wearing a helmet, have a bad crash and they're okay. And then the other side where they're not, and then it's, yeah. it's a life changing event. So hundred percent helmet, if anything, wear a helmet. Um, but then, you know, the next piece of advice would be just be authentic. Like, you know, uh, throughout the years, we've seen people just emulate other styles of riding, uh, other fashions, other all just just be authentic. Like you know, sometimes it is totally okay to be weird. You know, in our sport, it's called freestyle. So like, take advantage that it's called freestyle. Like, there's it's very clicky and it's very weird. But like, if you stay the path yeah. and do what's true to you and what you actually love, like, man, you'll go far. And that's the thing too is like, how, what about if they want to get better? Like, how do you how do you get better in a sport like that? You get better, like I mean, you just uh, better in what sense? Like riding or results? But I guess both. So results you you got to be dedicated man like to break into like the elite level yeah. class now you have to be like dedicated you know and whether that's goes like back to that being obsessed yeah thing yeah, yeah. You, you really do like you got to like you got to live breathe eat it just like sleep it like everything you just gotta you gotta be it you know so i would say just like commit yourself to it um you know but also i mean let those creative juices flow man like just like Think of things outside the box. Try things. Don't be afraid to try things. Like, you know, so many riders that I even even now, like some of the top pros, I'm like, you guys, you should try this. Yeah. And I get resistance. And I'm like, why would you why would you even resist? So let's say you don't like that specific thing, but let's say that sparks an idea of something you do like. Yeah. Are you you really are that hard headed? So you're gonna say no and just like like potentially ruin like this amazing idea i mean or maybe nothing happened but like yeah just try it be but open the potentials minded. there oh my god yeah. like you never know what's going to take you like i've learned tricks and literally i learned that trick and never did it again because there was another trick that came up that was way more interesting and i just did that and it was just like had i never learned this trick i would have never done this one and this one makes me happy yeah. you know and it's just like so i i just say be open to it try everything you know like just see what your style is because that's truly going to be a way to define your style of riding is just trying stuff, you know? And then I don't know, just be nice. <laughs> don't, don't be a be, dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. There's it's like, no, nobody likes those. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I get, if you have a personality, it's fun, like trash talking aside. Cause everybody seems to like trash talking, but just don't be a dick. Like be is nice. Is there one man. of those in, in BMX? Oh, there's is one there? of those everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's always one of those. Yeah, I mean, like but with, like with like jujitsu, it's like Gordon Ryan. He's like the biggest. I mean, first of all, he's like the number one guy. In he's the, like, yeah. I am the best, he, and I will always be the best. So yeah, and his whole like, Instagram's dedicated. And everybody to sucks. <laughs> they, their jujitsu sucks. Yeah, but see, there's levels to it, right, and degrees yeah. of it. So it's like you know, for our sport, like you know, I don't know how that would come off in our sport. 
because we haven't really had anybody like that. And I don't think it would be come off well, unless you literally were backing it up every time, which is yeah, that's, that guy might that, be. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's yeah. why he can get away with. Yeah. Saying, Cause he'll kick your ass if you, yeah. if you call him he's out. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I love seeing people be themselves, yeah. you know, being comfortable in their skin, whether that's as a person, as a rider, whatever it is. I think that's, uh, that will take you the furthest in life. And then don't take, and I'll add, cause what is his greatest thing he got over is don't, give a shit about what people are saying just be nice yeah the yeah. negative negative comments are going to come people or, are going to talk shit yeah or if you even want to empower yourself figure out why they feel that way yeah figure out why they're talking shit and then and then do something to change that you know yeah. like if it's valid and they're talking shit on you then learn from that and yeah. be a better person you know like mm, but there you go i just i man like everything's an opportunity yeah. everything is an opportunity an opportunity to better yourself an opportunity to grow whatever it is but like Dude, if you look at something in the right way, in the right perspective, everything is an opportunity. That's awesome. Well, that's it. That's it. We're going to get into this thing that right now. Our sponsors. Our oh, sponsors. And the number one sponsor is going to be Johnny Slick. So this is... We'll move this um, out there. They're not a sponsor. No. <laughs> Although, if Voss wants to throw some some Voss some, can some be bills. a sponsor. Yeah, Voss can be a sponsor. <laughs> there you go. Um, so this is our all-organic um, grooming company that we started in 2018 2018 and uh quickly has become quite the quite the company um but our our business partner and actual founder um he was had he got out of the marine corps and his, he had night he had nice hair and it was thinning from using like garbage products oh really yeah so he's like well I, I can make these if it's organic i can go out and get the stuff and of course it wasn't that easy yeah right <laughs> yes. in the backyard in the pot just mixing <laughs> yeah. around that's basically he was in the kitchen <laughs> you know, burning everything and and uh but yeah man he he reached out to me and we finally linked up but uh but yeah this is so now we do so you'll dig this this is the shave soap um smell that and then we'll get you some the logo's sick we'll, uh, that's super cool oh that's nice yeah that's good. That's the shave soap, and so you can actually use a brush or just use your fingers and use it and rub it on. Yeah. That's it's like the cool. Smoothest shave. God, that smells good. Oh, she kind of hooked you up. We already kind of knew. Oh yeah. So you like that smell? That's a good smell. But I'm, what is this? That's so. That's a competing smell. It's a different smell. But oh. go ahead. That's so the that, beard oil. That would be beard oil. See, that's good too. That's like date night good. Mm -hmm. Oof. No, I'd say this is date night. That's good. Oh, okay. Well, this sorry. Is I mean, black label. Omega. Go oh black. man, the flat black murdered out. Yeah. Well, oh, hold on a minute. I gotta get deep in there. No, that is date night. That's date night. Black label is always date either, night. Either one of these could be date night, but that's pretty serious. That's date like night. a. That's like we're gonna make another kid, you know, a four, <laughs> the fourth boy. Brown chicka brown brown. Yeah. Like so, so. No, no kidding. I don't know what we do with the the essential oils and everything that we do for fragrances. Mm -hmm. We've had what twelve pregnancies? I think fifteen. That women have said, "I smelt this." And, and then, then I got pregnant. And then I got pregnant. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Wow. So, so there you go. So Look at vasectomy. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a vasectomy? Are you I, done? I do. No, I, I made sure of that. Oh. After the third boy, I was like, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Um, so, so it's the same scent? So that's the same scent as the Omega. So we, so we had oh, this weird thing, man. Okay. We had this weird thing where we started to see that if you're over 30, you like these two scents. Okay. If you're under 30... You like original and alpha, which this is. But I, uh, it's everybody loves original, regardless. I think. Yeah. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, you love it, but the thing is, is like out it's, of those, tough, man. out of those two cents, like which one would you gravitate to? Oh, not necessarily a product. Well, but see, yeah, I mean, as as a dad with, you know, 
three kids, three young kids and stuff. Like I don't get date nights very much. So I'd probably gravitate toward that on the daily smell because that's just more like, I think daily where yeah. these are definitely like, I feel like I'd be collared shirt, you know, freshly shaven head, you know, going out on a date. That's Oh, so you actually shave your head? Uh, not like bald, but like, yeah, I trim it up. Oh, not with, not with a razor. No, I don't think oh, okay. I did for a while. That's, it yeah. feels so crazy, dude. You feel every breeze right now. I'd be feeling the <laughs> AC. It's intense, dude. Have you ever bicked your head? No. Oh my God. You should try no. it once. It's gnarly. Actually, that's not true. I did used to, when I was in the Marine Corps, I used to, in the conventional Marine Corps, I used to bake the sides of my head. Yeah. Like, you feel everything, dude. Yeah, Someone like breathes by you. are like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's gnarly. So, so typically we do. So you're you must be a young soul at heart. You get something like that. This is what the kids are wearing. There, oh, right? the kids, huh? Yeah, yeah that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yes, yeah, slick lips. But we we'll get you, we we'll get you some. Dang. So date night, really nice date night. Okay, yeah, date night as well, and then every day on the day. And then the day. beard wash, smell that because that's like that's a tea this tree. One? This is completely separate. Yeah, so you just crack this like I think you yeah. have to. That's actually, specifically oh, that? to wash yeah. your beard. I think it's sealed. Oh, you gotta actually yeah. pop it open. This gives you a little bit of tingle factor. You can put it on your balls. It'll be real tingly. Well, it's got like, it's like is it peppermint in there? Or something? Yeah. yeah. So That's yeah, cool. when you when you wash your nether regions with it, it gives is that a little, right? It gives <laughs> a little spark. I've had some like peppermint soap before, and it's like it has that cooling effect. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dang, that's cool. So that's that's our one of our that's obviously one of our main sponsors. That's what happens here in this in this building. Um, yeah, and then we have the coaching company, the Agogi, which is where a lot of what we kind of talked about was men kind of becoming better men. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's losing weight, um, you know, so like becoming the best version of themselves again. So the guys that have kind of let themselves slide mm-hmm. and then kind of going, you know what, I want to be, and this this is what the common thing is, you know, I want to be a better dad. Mm-hmm. I want to set the example for my kids. Is that all like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? No, like, no, it's, it's, all it's, it's, it's all like diet, exercise. We we operate on a kind of a four pillar. So fitness, we find that men are, when men are fit, we just kind of, they operate at a different frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then discipline and routine. Mm-hmm. Like most people just don't have any sort of routine or mm-hmm. discipline to stick with, you know. You pro- you understand that because you're a professional athlete. You yeah, know that I had that a lot of that for a while. <laughs> right. A lot of that. Right. So and to get anything, become great at anything or do anything well, whether it's parenting, being a husband, you know, you have to have discipline in your routine. And then belief. Uh, uh, the third one is belief. And a lot of people have limiting belief factors on what they can achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Maybe you want to be, you want to, you know, win the X Games. You want to get a gold medal at the X Games. Well, if you don't believe that you can. Yeah, you're done. Exactly. You lost the battle right there. You already lost the battle. So that's our talk with a lot of men is like, uh, you know, whether it is make more money, whether it's have a great relationship or be a good father, you know, if they truly don't believe that they can, they're done. So we have to like work through that. And and then why do they believe those things? Mm -hmm. You know, why, how do we get those limiting belief factors? And then the, the fourth one is tribe which is kind of kind of coincides with the why, mm-hmm. like why do everything that you do, you know? And then one of my f- most, the best ones is core medical group, which is testosterone. So when you start feeling a little, when you really start to age, Ryan, yeah, let me know. I'll hook you up with a doc, get your, <laughs> blo- get your blood tested. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised you're not already on it. If you're not. No, I'm not. No. I, 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 I haven't take like a lot of supplements to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I said I feel pretty good, but then again, like 
Maybe it's one of those things where you just like, you know, you get become blind to on it. On your fiftieth you know? birthday. On the fiftieth, that's the <laughs> one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the next number. I'll wake up and just be like, I feel like less of a man. I need uh. it. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably because you just you've done so much that you keep staying healthy. It makes a big difference. I keep moving, man. And you have worn your helmet, so you haven't had a huge concussion. TBI. TBI. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. That's what happened to me. Anyways, man, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, Guys, man. if you, you like this, listen, go go follow all of Ryan's stuff. Go follow his YouTube channel. I tagged it in the, sh in the show notes below. So go follow him there and on what else? Instagram? Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Like all the usual stuff. Like, just, go, just go find Yeah, Ryan. whatever you're on, search for me. Yeah. Click the button. He, you're just going to watch him crash. Yeah. He's a professional. <laughs> I post those on there. You know, I try to keep it real. I'll post the crash too. It's not all perfect, you know. Exactly. That's where that's where the real magic happens. All right, guys. So screenshot this, tag us both, we'll share it. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.